The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. For four nine nine one thousand, it's um, there we go. Feels like it's building up to something big, and then it just kind of. Uh, kind of wimps out at the end. The late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle has gone off to do what she does best, guys. Something she does best. It's getting me some cold water. She's the best at getting me cold uh, water. Um, you can give us a call about anything you want, guys. 0344 499 1000. 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone number. We're going to wait for the first call. We're just going to wait for the first call. The first call is... is I can just feel... 
no, I can smell it. There's going to be something magic about the first calls. We're just going to wait, guys. We are just going to wait for the first call. Oh, three. What's that noise? Hear that noise. There's a noise. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the telephone number. We're just going to wait for the first call. The first call is going to set the vibe for the show. We've got Robin Ince coming up after 11. Uh, comedian. Um, and glasses where he wears glasses. I mean, I don't know how relevant that is to uh, any part of the discussion, but he's going to cut. Uh, we've got him after 11, but we're just going to wait. Just going to wait. We're just going to wait. Feel it come. I can feel it coming. I can feel it. Some people say, well, what if no one phones in? Ian, you do, you, sometimes you do that thing where you sit and wait for a call. What if nobody phones in? Well, if nobody phones in, then that's the show. It's as simple as that. I was thinking of doing, how is this for performance art, right? So we do our live shows, 0344-499-1000, by the way. We're not start, we're not starting the show properly until we get our first call. And then, then, dear listener, do we, uh, do we start the show? But until then, we just wait. Now, I was thinking, how's this for a piece of performance art, right? You sell tickets for a show. Like we did our show in London the other day. You sell tickets for a show and you bill it as starring Ian and Catherine, right? And then the audience come in and me and Catherine will be stood outside the venue. So we're outside the building. We're not in the building, but we're outside it. We're next to it. And for 45 minutes, the audience watch an empty stage and imagine the show. Then there's an interval. Then they come back and they imagine the second half of the show. We are, we are outside. We are not in there. I think that would work. I think that would work. What do you think, Lime One? Hi, Ian. Hello, Lime One. You won't know who this is, but. Have we met? If I say the name Harrison, do you know? Uh, yeah, is it Harrison? Yes, it is. There we go. How did I pick that <laughs> up, man? Hey, you're, um, our, um, uh, really our, our Mega Mix, Mega Mix, uh, disc jockey? Is Call that me what you like. I really, I really don't mind. You're a genius. That's what you are. Mega you, Mixer, Master Mixer. You are a Guy god. Bunny and the Master you're, Mixer. You're a talker. You're a talker. That much is for sure. You're a goddamn genius, sunshine. That's what you are. <laughs> Means a lot, mate. Well, well, coming from you, that is a real honour. Hey, coming from a has been who turned down the Lorraine Kelly show, has Loose been, Women, and on, Victoria Derbyshire today. Absolutely. That's yeah, it. Yeah, well, you're the first call. You're the first call of the night, Harrison. You're setting the vibe of the show. What What can we do for you? Well, you know, I'm a I'm a long time listener. Actually, well, I say long time well, since, since Ian Collins. Uh, so are you a, a first time caller? I am indeed a first time caller, but long time listener. There you go, you get oh, the bell. Right. You get the bell, I mean, remember to bring much, the bell. That is more of an honour, that is. Yep. Um, it's Kath there as well. Yes. Unfortunately. I mean, yes! Yeah, Rude. Rude. hiding in the back there, I thought so, yeah. Uh, hi Kath. Hello. Hey, yeah, I'm alright. Hello. Yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to ring in and say, you know, thanks for the love and everything for the mixing. It, it really does mean a lot, and, uh, you know, just... Just gives me something to do when I'm bored. Well, do um, it. You're not, you're not after I'm, money or anything, are you? It sounds like he's after money, oh, Catherine. Not, There's no, no money no, here. I mean, no one's making money. No, I'm not after money at all. No, I literally just do it as, as a hobby, really. Oh, um, you do good stuff. But yeah, just, I just want to ring in, you know, say, uh, say thanks. But and, you do, um, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Let's, 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 let's turn the, let's turn the, the you, 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 thank you for the thanks. It's appreciated. But you're very talented. But oh, you, yeah, okay. you do, thanks. you do a radio show as well, right? 
yes, I do. Plug it. Let's plug this. Plug this. Plug this, Harrison's radio show for God's sakes. If, you know, no one's listening well, to our show. Um, so on. Yeah, of course. And well, actually, you know, come on. You, you, I've, I've already said this to you on Twitter. Your radio figures mean absolutely all the dash it's all. Just, it's um, just my job security. Yeah. That's all. It's just my job security in an old-fashioned business. Nah, yeah, it is old-fashioned. It's the system is is, is mm. failed. Major. Cannibal. People sticking a diary. Cannibal. They don't even get the right people all the Cannibal. time. Cannibal. Go on, to plug your flipping show, boy. Well, I don't really feel it's... Okay, 4, 4 p.m. until... Actually, no, 3 p.m. at the moment. Jesus, only, this guy doesn't even know what time... He doesn't even know what time he's on, Harrison! No, uh, look, it, this is a recent... This is a recent thing. I'm only on for an extra hour until August, and then I'm leaving. What? Um, oh, don't plug it then. Yeah, I'm leaving in Screw August. those losers. Are you okay, going, well, are you going 3, somewhere 3 p.m. until 7 p.m. Are you going somewhere? No, I'm not. I'm just. What? No, I'm not That's leaving. Out. Well, I, I mean, I'm doing mostly freelance production uh, for, for, for a career when I leave. Um, hoping to get back into presenting things soon. Everyone, actually, everyone in music radio is getting the sack. That's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Everyone is oh, getting yeah, the sack. I mean, That's happening. Of course. I mean, it's it's. We've we, we known about that ten years ago, to be honest. Um, but I didn't. You know, I didn't care. I was yeah, it, it, it is a difficult time in. In music radio, yeah, I'm, I'm a big. I've always wanted to do speech radio, actually. And you are one of the people that you and Ian Collins, two people that oh, I have. Right. Been, so you like you like the Ian's. Are you a fan of Ian Payne? I do, and Tommy as well. Tommy Boyd, of course. Yeah. Ian Payne. Well, I mean, I did actually used to listen to Ian Payne, but you Min know, after Minjita. that, um, after that, yes, of course. Minjita. After that, I mean, yeah. that. How did he manage that? Payno, how did you manage that? Payno, Payno, insane Pain-o. in the Ian Payne. It is nuts, absolutely nuts. How okay. do you manage that? I mean, it's all right, Harrison. I'm going to cut you off. Really? Oh uh, yes. There we go. Oh three. Thank you, Harrison. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. First call. First call. Of the, so the piece will be. So uh, the audience come in and they know they might see us as they walk into the venue. They might see us. We're not. We're just going to be outside the venue. Sat outside the venue. Forty five minutes. They imagine. I think this is so clever. They imagine what the show would be. Then there's an interval. Uh, then they come back for the second half, a little bit, a little bit boozy, a little bit boozier, and they imagine what the second half would look like. I think that's great. Can we get your ideas tonight, dear listener, for what many would call pretentious, but I call performance art pieces. I love, but I told you I did uh, one performance art piece that was funded. These brilliant artists got um uh funding from the government it's funding to, to the the to the tune that they paid me two thousand pounds uh ian and jane forsyth brilliant artists really really good i love this kind of stuff uh, they paid me two grand for a 20 minute piece called audience performer f off and it was um it was a reworking of a piece that someone had done in sort of about 1978 and it was 20 minutes split into five minute sections and you're, I'm there, I walk on and I have to describe everything that I can see and that I'm doing. So for example, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm scratching my head with my left hand and I'm feeling self-conscious about that now. So I'm deliberately putting my hand back down and I can feel the table. I'm making eye contact with you. I'm pointing at you. So I'm going to look away. So do that for five minutes. Then, then what did, it was, then, uh, I don't remember exactly it was split, but then at one point there was a mirror behind me and I had to turn around and do exactly the same stuff, but in the mirror. And then at 20 minutes, I walked off. £2,000. Did you, you tell them to F off at any point? What I was said, that part? I, I, I did. I said someone looked like a paedophile. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I just had to do, I had to react as my mind was going and I had to just say what was, what was in my head and what I was feeling and what I was seeing. I said, I'm looking at a guy. He's wearing glasses. He's not shaved. He looks like a pedophile. Now I can see that I've offended him. So I'm pointing at him and I'm putting my hands up and I'm taking a step back because now I feel very uncomfortable. I'm going to go and look at someone else now. There's, that was the thing. I got two grand for that. Wonderful. I love stuff like that. I love it. I find it hilarious. I love performance art. I love, um, you know, uh, there was, there was, it was in this gallery in Sheffield. And the, that afternoon we went and had a look around and they, they were showing a film that was eight hours long. And it was a guy walking in front of, um, you know, the boats that go through ice. So they called like icebreakers. Yeah. Um, and he was just, and they go really, really slowly. And it was just a guy walking in front of an icebreaker for eight hours. That was the film. On a loop. On a loop. Great. I love that stuff. Do you remember when we went to, was it, which, which gallery was it where the, the women started dancing? Oh, that was the, that was the, um. Tate Modern, wasn't it? No, 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 it wasn't Tate Modern, it was the Tate, Tate Britain. Tate Britain. Tate Britain. That was also where there was a shower, a dismantled shower oh, on we, the floor. We stood there laughing at that yeah. for a good ten minutes. It's funny! It's funny! I like funny stuff like that. It's a blue shower. Blue shower. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We got Robin Ince on at eleven o'clock. So now is an excellent time to give us a call. This is the late night alternative with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle only on Talk Radio. <laughs> Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nut job, but not that kind of nut job. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Have you ever had a lucid dream, Catherine Boyle? Um, That's well, where you, you realise you're dreaming. And you can control yeah. it. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah what I did have. You, and what did you choose to do with your infinite power? Flying in it. Yeah, flying in it. It's flying in it. Oh, I think I think I'm dreaming. Yeah. Only I'm one dreaming. way to find out. I'm gonna fly, and then it takes a while because it doesn't work. You go, oh no, I can't fly. I can't be dreaming. Hang on a minute, I've got to try it, and then you fly a little bit. It's flying. That's it. You've got infinite power to create and exist and, and to perform any action with, within a multi-dimensional universe that is your imagination. We all just fly. <laughs> uh, if you've ever had a lucid dream, 0344-499-1000. I'm gonna t- apparently, apparently, the Daily Mail, um, will tell us how to do it in the female section. Oh. I've just read the headline. I've not looked at it. So it's going to tell us how to do it. It's not in the mainstream news section. No. Which makes me wonder whether it's something that we all need to know or just the women. Yes. Maybe maybe life is better in our dreams. Let's sisters. let's see. But before we do that, let's go to Jack. Good evening, Jack. Good evening. Good evening, Jack. What can we do for you on uh, this last show of the week? Because me and Kath ain't here tomorrow. No. Oh, um, I'm f- um. Come on, spit it out. I've got a very sore stomach. You've got a what? I, I, my stomach is painful at the minute. Okay, well, go and see a doctor. Yeah, I have seen a doctor. Oh, he oh, said, he said, you're fine. He said what? Yes, mate. He said, Jack, you're fine. Stop being a tube. Okay. So, so, uh, um, what do you want me to do? Do like a voodoo spell or something to to kill uh, kill the stomach? We got banned from doing that. Not. We got banned from doing voodoo spells after uh, an elderly woman died. As a, uh, it's arguable. The, the inquiry said as a direct result of the, the yeah. hex that we put on her. I, I dispute that. I dispute that. But you know, rules is rules. So what what can we do for you, Jack? 
Um, but nothing really, but oh. I, I was just wondering, how are you doing anyway? Like, you're going to cut me off, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm just, I was wondering if the question had answered, had finished. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Um, how is life? I, it's got ups and it's got downs, Jack. It's got ups and it's ah. got downs. Like an elevator, ups and downs. Well, what the hell is this? Are you from America? You mean a lift? An I'm from Scotland. Elevator? They don't say elevator in Scotland. Do they, Scottish listeners? Do you? I think so. I would like, I need, um, I need some Scottish, we don't have many Scottish listeners, um, because I'm a passer thief, but if we could get, uh, uh, uh we need at least two more Scottish listeners, uh, excuse me, to verify this outlandish claim from this young man that in Scotland they say elevator, uh, oh, there we go, there's the bell, uh, instead of lift. And also, could you verify that your doctors over there look at you when you're ill and say, now nah, you're fine? What, was it stop being a chimp? A tube? Chimp. What did he call you? A tube. A tube? My doctor is my mum and dad, okay? They're nurses. Right, well, they're not doc- I hate to break it to them, that they ain't doctors. No. They're nurses. Go to the doctors. So you've not been to... So this whole story is, um, is, is, is built on... I thought uh, he started... It's as wobbly as, as, as California is after the earthquake. Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. They, they are... Um, they are not doctors, Jack, and I would suggest you go and sp- you, you sneak out under the cover of uh, darkness at two o'clock in the morning and go and see a real doctor. Becky the Witch says, be careful of lucid dream instructions. They can lead to sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis, as we know, as we've proven on this show, is a myth. It does not. No. no we pr- sleep paralysis it. is necessary to stop you acting out your dreams no, no, and no, no, endangering no. yourself. Everyone is paralysed when they're asleep. No, uh, well, they're not actually. Yeah. Well, I, I move in my sleep, so that's that's yeah, you proven you don't wrong. Move. You don't you don't act them out. Right. I've proven you wrong. You have been proven wrong. And um, oh, I've got screw you. I was listening to Radio Four. Why? Because I just was on, I like to think I'm intellectual. And someone on there said anti-Semite. Oh, and yet three or four weeks ago... Opie. Yeah, we go, I did that deliberately to indicate anger. Three or four weeks ago, you called me out for saying anti-Semite and said it was anti-Semite. I'd say anti-Semite. Yeah, well, it's anti... It, you, you, you humiliated me. It is, and it shall be... Who said it on Radio 4? I'm an anti-anti-Semite. I'm pro-anti-Semite, the word... I am anti-anti-Semite. Okay. Well, it's good to have strong feelings about this. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, the issue of, of Semitism and anti-Semitism, don't really care. But the pronunciation of the word, very, very, very firm on. 03444991000 is the telephone number. So get ready, guys. And gals. Maybe it's just the gals. Want to lose weight? Oh, we need some um, spooky-dooky music. Hang on a second. Let's get some... Oh, I know what we've got. I know what we've got. I know what we've got. Um, but if I listen no. too long, my brain turns to mush. That's not it. Um, hang on a minute. We're going to get some really spooky... I know it sounds funky, but a human was made because an alien done it with a monkey. No, that's not it. Um, okay, I can't find the right clip, so we're going to go to our good old friend, YouTube. Um, I'm going to type in crystal healing type music. Let's see what comes up. I kind of want bling, 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 bling. I want that kind of music. Bling, 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 bling. They get some bling, blings in it. We're in. Hang on. 
Let's jump forward a bit. I never know where to get this music now past time just closed. No. <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. Exactly what I wanted. Dave will be with you in a second, but this is important. Well, let's do Dave first. Let's, let's, let's see if this, if this music works under Dave. Good evening, Dave. Hello, mate. What can we do for you? Uh, well, I'm a long-time uh, caller, first-time listener. And? You're, you're on the air, Dave, but you won't oh, know... Right. Yeah, oh, Jesus. It's all right, I'm just trying to get something done. Well, I'm trying to get something done. It's called a phone-in radio show, and I'm really looking for callers that are a little bit more on the ball than this. Oh, sorry, mate. Thanks for your time. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I don't know what was going on there. Want to lose weight or boost your career? Let's have a long-time caller, first-time listener. As this dream expert (laughs) reveals, you can learn to guide your mind while you sleep and turn your fantasies into realities. You're in free flight, gliding high above a patchwork of fields with the wind in your hair. Or what about swimming deep beneath the ocean without need of air? Perhaps your wildest dreams include something entirely different. A dalliance with a film star or skiing down a black run when in reality you never made it off the nursery slopes. And you can experience all this and more at will while fast asleep in bed. Lucid dreaming is the art of... It's good voiceover, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, really good. It's good voiceover, A bit that. creepy, but I think that's the what The best ones are. Yeah. Lucid dreaming is the art of shaping or controlling your dreams by practicing the latest brain training techniques. Have you seen you can get those glasses that you wear at night? They're like eye patches you wear at night, and they flash... Oh, no. Lights. What, they like flash disc- lights. Like being asleep in a disco. Yeah, and apparently, according to the £250 price tag... <gasps> what? According to that... It, 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 that then gets your brain to work in a certain way so you can control your dreams. Dream of having 250 quid back. You can wake up in the morning refreshed after spending the night perfecting your tennis serve or settling your differences with a long-deceased relative. Well, or having it off with George Clooney. Well, that was, that was, um, uh, that was having a dalliance with a film star. Well, dalliance, it wouldn't be a dalliance, it'd be off. It'll be blowjobs. <laughs> All sounding a bit wacky? Actually, it's backed by neuroscience and is catching on fast. Neuroscience. According to its growing band of exponents, lucid dreaming has the power to not only improve health, both mental and physical, but also help us process past trauma, overcome phobias and addictive behaviours, and even improve life skills. Lucid dreaming expert Charlie Morley explains... A lucid dream is one in which you think, aha, I'm dreaming, while <laughs> you're still asleep. You're out for the count, that part of your brain is reactivated, the right dorsolateral prefrontal cortex to be precise. They are an expert. Mmm. Allowing you to experience the dream state consciously. Once you become, once you become conscious within a dream, you can direct it. <laughs> you can fly, teleport, Communicate telepathically with dream characters and get a blowy from Marilyn Monroe, dead or alive. Not only that, but you'll gain access to the most powerful virtual reality generator in existence. <laughs> oh, no. 
So it all feels as real as walking, working reality, if not more for. <laughs> there are obvious benefits. You are no longer limited to the constraints of your horrible, pale, flabby body. People in wheelchairs can be useful again what? and feel as invigorated as they would if they had done it physically. My eyesight was once quite poor in real life and yet perfect in Lofred Dwayne, <laughs> says Charlie. This was because I wasn't seeing through my eyes. I was seeing through my asshole. Hang on a minute. Mm. Just in the lucid dream. In his other dreams, it's all fuzzy, isn't it? <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> For any sceptics out there, Catherine Me? Boyle, <laughs> lucid dreaming has been a scientifically verified phenomenon for more than 40 years. Oh yes, which journals? In 2012, researchers at the Max Planck Institute of Psychiatry <laughs> in München carried out MRI scans on people while they slept, whether they wanted them or not. <laughs> When they were simply dreaming, the brain stem and occipital lobe in the rear of the brain became active. Oh. But when they were lucid dreaming, the areas in the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex and their bells lit up. <gasps> that all checks out. As lucid dream researcher Dr. Claire Johnson says, In lucid dreams, it's easy to shrug off your inner critic as you're in the wild. The original world of the unconscious, where the critical self has much less of a voice. Incredibly, some claim you can even use lucid dreaming to hone a physical skill. Anyway, this is all boring, boring, boring. We're going to find out how to do it in a minute, but let's, um, let's, let's, uh... Let's go to Roger, first of all. Good evening, Roger. Good evening, Ian and Catherine. Good evening, Roger. What can we do for you tonight? Well, I'm, well firstly, I'm wondering why all these dream experts sound like David Babcock. <laughs> <laughs> they, do. Uh, they do a little bit. They do a little bit. That is correct. Uh, just, a, just, a, just a quicker yes. uh, film recommendation. I went to see the new Sp uh, Spider-Man film it, today. It, it, the trailer makes it look pony. Catherine? Now, how much of it did you see? I haven't seen the trailer. How much of the movie did you see? I saw the whole film. Okay. Hmm. Yet again. Mm hmm. Roger I claiming that he's blind mm. and then telling us he's seen the film. Oh, mm. no. Busted. I saw, I saw more of the film than uh, a few other people in there because oh. a few a few left after the mid-credits sequence. Okay. Oh. And there was a brilliant end-credits sequence. Uh, which get is, over right. it. Get, I tell you what, here's the thing. Can we all just agree, when we go and see a Marvel movie, when the film ends and the credit starts, we go. Because I'm <laughs> sick and tired. Because at Endgame, Endgame was the first one that I stayed around right till the end. They didn't put anything at the end. You're joking. No, they, they didn't. So can we just agree? Let, let's, let's teach Marvel... Uh, and uh, Stanley, R.I.P., peace be upon him, um, that we don't care for this technique of making a... St the credits come up, I'm going out of the cinema, right? We just get, just get make that a thing now. Handily, a member of staff did come in uh, at the uh, end game credits to tell us that there wasn't an end. Scum. Spoiler. Scum. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go now. There's, no, there's nothing at the end of the credits. The good chunk of us stayed anyway, just in case. <laughs> But yeah, if you enjoyed Homecoming, which I re I really enjoyed okay. Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, uh, Far from Home is fantastic. Okay. It, do it, all the Spider-Man movies? Do, would they have the word home in or a variation thereof? I don't of know. It, well, it's a, well they've rebooted them now, haven't they? I'll reboot you in a minute. I know that, Sunshine. <laughs> Will they have the word home in? I do not know. Spider-Man Home Alone. 
Yeah, well, his, his parents leave him. Well, his aunt oh, Mary. Yeah, his too. parents are dead, mate. Oh. You never saw a Spider-Man movie in your life. <laughs> uh, but it was good, was it? I'll, I'll, I'll um, I yeah, will great, take the boys. Great, it's great fun. It's All great right. fun. All right, Roger. Thank you very right. much indeed. Let's go to George. Good evening, George. Good evening, Ian, Kath. Good evening, George. What can we do for you tonight? Well, I wanted to talk about lucid dreaming. Of course you do. Before yes. that, no. the no. misnomer of anti-Semitism. Um, it's, uh, it really irritates me. You're going to say it doesn't exist? No, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean... It's, it's, the, not, it's the, not Schrodinger's anti-Semitism. It either exists, which it does, or it doesn't, which it does. Well, the Jewish people are, are a tiny percentage of the, the original Semitic people. Right, so okay, it, okay. It, it, I, don't it, give, I don't want a history lesson, George. We all know, we, well... The rest of the world, you excluded, knows what anti-Semitism is. So we we got that. Lucid, they don't. They don't know. What well, no, you, that you that it disagrees. Dis Jesus, you're so dull sometimes. Lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming. Yes, I had many lucid dreams. Excellent call. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Back to this. How do you do it? We'll tell you after this. It's electric, it's eclectic, it's always rule-free. It's the late-night alternative with that man, Ian Lee, <laughs> on Talk Radio. So how do you do lucid dreaming? This is what we all want to know. 0344-499-1000, by the way, is the phone number. You can call in, you'll speak to Amy, she'll take your name and number, give you a call straight back. Free on most packages, pennies at top, and then we call you back. So 0344 four nine nine one thousand now how do you do it it sounds wonderful in theory but most of us fall into a pit of oblivion every night and the thought of actually working in the land of nod is daunting um who's this chart there are many ways to access lucid dreams from also spontaneously said charlie but if you're keen to try start dream diary <laughs> ah, the more conscious you are of your dream, easier it will be to become conscious when your dreams. Obvious, isn't it, thicko? Well, no, it's just using the same word. Just thicko. different order. Keep a notebook and pencil by your bedside. Pencil. Pencil. Don't use a pen. You might get on your sheets. Spend five, ten minutes waking up when you wake up each morning. Focus on main things and feelings and how, how horny you were. <laughs> Recall any strange sexual practices that you might have done with your mum in it. Then send only it to a, me so I can have a good old read. It's only a dream, so don't don't matter if you do it to your mum in there. It's a dream. Don't mean you fancy her, but she might be fit. Um, help you remember while you're falling asleep, recite over and over in mind, and this is what this is. This is the instructions. Right? Tonight I remember my dreams. <laughs> I have excellent recall. Tonight I, I remember my dreams. dreams. I have excellent recall. Okay, you'll do that over and over. What you're, what you're trying to do is become familiar with dream signs. Any improbable, impossible or bizarre aspect of a dream that indicates we're dreaming, such as talking dogs or having it off with your fit mum. <laughs> oh my God. By acknowledging our, by acknowledging our particular dream signs, we create a lucidity trigger. Lucidity trigger that will be activated next time we see that sign. It's obvious it's sick of. <laughs> Some people try machines or supplements to trigger lucid dreams, such as eye masks that beep or light up when you're in REM. <laughs> Poor old Michael Stipe. <laughs> to remind you that you're dreaming, they can be helpful for some, but not for others. They're like stabilizers on a bike or, or bicycle. Best removed once you've learned how to do it. Just listen. Just like Wake up early. This technique can boost your chances of having a lucid dream by a whopping 2,000%. Says Charlie. 
Wake up at least two hours earlier than normal. Stay awake for about an hour, then go back to sleep for another hour or two with the strong intention to gain lucidity. The last two hours of our sleep cycle are when we do most of our dreaming. So, if we starve ourselves of this dream time, when we go back to sleep, we eventually head smoothly and deeply into vivid dreaming. The average adult passes through four to five cycles of what is known as rapid eye movement. R.E.M. Michael Stipe! Bad boy, Barbara. Spot the swirls. If anyone's ever done this, by the way, 0344-499-1000, I'd love to hear from you. Those swirls of colour that form behind your eyelids as you slip off to sleep come in a transitional state between wakefulness and sleep called hypnagogia. As you drop off, some advise trying to shape them into more interesting patterns. It can help if you mentally say things such as, I'm going to see a square now, and then actively look for it. Um, boring. Oh, here we go. Uh, don't be too blue. Don't be too blue. Engaging in sexual fantasies while lucid dreaming is common. After all, it's so realistic. You needn't be ashamed, says Charlie. In fact, he confesses that... He confesses that after learning about lucid dreaming, most nights during his teenage years were spent discovering the joys of sex and skateboarding. Actually says that. Well, at the same time, I saw, um, that's technically very advanced. I saw a, a, a grown man in his 30s on an electric skateboard. Yes. Now, I've seen the scooters. I had a very nice chat with uh, Kerry, the young woman who cut my hair today. She's thinking of getting a scooter um, to go in and out of work. They can go up to 20 miles an hour. Um, and then we talked about, and I just, a few minutes before, had seen a guy on an electric skateboard. Yes. What is wrong with people? I've seen them on those in London, on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, on the road. It's, and you control it with your phone. Your phone, like, You're does the speed. Yeah. No. I guess you steer it with your body weight, like you would a normal um, skateboard, but you, 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 you do it with your phone. I think I've got that right. That sounds a lot like cheating. It doesn't feel right. Can you do a half-pipe uh, Ollie 10 on it, though? Oh, guys, it's something for the kids. A little reference that's for a, the kids. That's a gnarly move. Um, okay, we've got a choice of um, Paddy Slattery, Sarah Bladen, or Nina Kola, and we're going to hear one of their um, uh, boring interviews about how that, about what happens to them when they lucid dream. I want to know? know about Nina Kola. Okay. Nina Kola, 34, is a teacher from South East London. She could be listening to this. Good evening, Nina. I apologise for saying your story was boring. I've not read it. I bet it's a great story. I'm looking forward to it. And thank you for your work in the classroom. I can smell weed. I can smell something. I can smell weed. Has Ash left his stash? I can smell weed. I hate the fact that the streets smell of weed now. I hate it. I hate it. It's not even nice smelling weed. Oh, it's horrible, man. It's just everywhere. Six years ago, says Nina Kola, I was really stuck for what to do career-wise. I was stagnating in my job teaching adults how to dance. It wasn't really challenging me. I'd heard about lucid dreaming from a workshop I'd attended with a friend. Ever since I was young, I'd been having dreams where I became aware I was dreaming, but never knew that is what it was called, or how to utilise it. Once lucid, I started to ask my dream, what shall I do with my career? After the third time of asking, I got a really big answer. 
I floated down a building and looked through the window into a room. In there, I could see a very clear image of me sitting on the floor, surrounding by books and reading to young children. It was obviously what I'd been thinking about, but now I could see it. It seemed perfect. A few weeks later, a teaching role came up in a primary school near my home. The children would be older than those in my dream, but I applied for it. The next day I went to the interview and was told the job I'd applied for was already taken. But holy shit, one with <laughs> young children had just become available. What the heck? I applied for that one instead and ended up getting it. I love my new role and it all makes sense now. I managed to create a small library in my classroom. Any spare moment is dedicated to reading to the children. Just like in the dream. You've ever done it? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative. Ian and Kath on Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Nick says, "I used to be able to have lucid dreams. I'd imagine I was lying in a wooden box while I was falling asleep. Eventually." I'd climb out of the box and I'd be in a dream and I could do whatever I wanted. And it's the last three words that make me believe Nick. He says, it was nuts. <laughs> that, that to me means, yeah, I totally buy it. I totally buy it. I've had lucid dreams. I've had, I've had sort of a few of them and I've had sort of semi-lucid dreams where I sort of know I'm sleeping and then I like do some stuff and then I forget and I go back into the dream and the dream takes over. But that's, but that's it. Let's go to Dean. Good evening, Dean. Hello, Dean. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Dean. Although there's an echo. Have you got headphones? What's going on there? What's your setup? I was, I was just trying to put you off speakerphone because I was listening to your, listening to you on speakerphone. So, um. Why, Why would you, why would you do that? Bend over, Dean. Oh, <laughs> you're lucky, no, no Dino. Because because it's because I don't know because you listen to the radio, so you don't want to have your hit, your 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 your, your, um, um, your phone to your ear. That makes no sense at all, Dean. You, you can hear the radio through the phone, though, can't you? Yes, you can. But if you put on speakerphone, you can put the phone down while you're waiting. Why? What? This? What is wrong with you people? And by you people, <laughs> I mean everybody called Dean. What is wrong? <laughs> we got there in the end, Dean. What can we do for you tonight? Uh, the lucid dreams. I, I've got another technique of doing that. Oh, yeah, go on. Well, what you do is, this is what I read in a book years ago. Yeah. You, uh, you, you can, there's, there's two ways you can do it. You can either buy a machine to prompt you to do it, or you can just do it yourself. Well, what, what happens is... Yeah. Well, the, the machine gives you a little electric shock every, every, um, every half an hour. Well, and every time you get this shock, or without the shock, you look around yourself and you do a react what's called a reality check. And you, you, you look I'm, around I'm, yourself. I'm doing one right now. The reality check would be uh, I've just paid money to be woken up repeatedly by this annoying piece of crap. <laughs> well, you don't wake up. She could be referring thing. to our show you, there. You look round, you look round and, and you, um, you sort of, you think, is this real? Am I dreaming? Every time you get the shock, then when you get shocked in the dream, when you're asleep, you look round in the dream and you think, is this real? And then you, you sort of wake up in the dream. But you don't have to have the electric shock machine. You can just, you can just look round and do a reality check every hour while you're awake. Yeah. To get used to it until it comes in the sleep. Okay. 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 Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Um, but, so, um, the, the technique without the electric shock. Yeah, that's, that's, this is the same thing. You just look round every, every half hour 
Hang on a minute. Do a reality check. Hang on a minute. I've so, got, hang on a minute. I've got... Quite, found quite quick. That was very quick. Found that quite quick. And also, it sounded like she was like double time, but that's her normal voice, isn't Let's it? Let's have a... Hang on a minute. Hang on, now no, no, I'm not so hot. Is there a band, male or female, that is hotter? Is there a band, male or female, that's got... M- let me try to phrase this. Um, every member of the Bangles is hot. I, when I we always used to joke about the drummer, then I met the Bangles. Every one of the Bangles is hot. Three of the Beatles yes. are hot, right? John Ooh. Paul George. Three of the Beatles are hot. Um, I would say, I, I could argue, four of the Monkeys are hot. Three of the. Can we find a band with a higher percentage of hot members? Than the Bangles. <laughs> hot members. Yeah. Call me hot, now. Oh, hot, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one, hot members. Um, Banana Rama, two. Mm. Two. Duran Duran. Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. Hang on a minute, call up. Just we're just googling what Duran Duran looked like. Am I still on? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yes, because we, we we do we, a reality check. We're back in a second. Hang on a second. Um, no, 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 no. They've got two Hodgkins. What? Hodgkin is the ugly member of a band, by the way, guys. I don't know their names, but there are two Hodgkins there. Uh, Beach Boys, they've got one good-looking member. That was Dennis. Um, 03444991000, hot members, call me now. <laughs> or, or, conversely, can we find a band with the most Hodgkins? The Beach Boys, as I say, had four Hodgkins out of five members. One hot, four Hodgkins. Four ugly members. <laughs> don't know why we call them that, but we used to call them that at college. The Hodgkin. Oh, there's the, you get a picture of a band, you go, hot, hot, Hodgkin. Oh, that's a bit like that story about if you go and um, get a job at Disney. Yeah. And they'll line you up and go, fur, 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 face. There we go, right, So yeah. if you're attractive, you get to be uh, a character without a mask on. Yeah. But otherwise, you're a fur. <laughs> so we're looking for bands with 100% hot members or bands what about with girls 100%. Allowed? Um, that's Play, three. Qualify as a band. Yeah, they would. And it's, uh, it's 3-2, but I'm not saying in which way. Spice Girls. All hot. No. Four hot. One not. One Hodgkin. Oh. And I've changed over time. Do you want, do you want to guess who it is, Dean? Who's the, who's the Hodgkin? Who's the Hodgkin? Who's the Hodgkin Um, in the Spice Girls now? Let me think. Um, uh, I I fancy Jerry, so I'm going to say Jerry. No, no. Jerry's hot, man. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Horny Horner as we now call her. Uh, Catherine? I'm not saying. I think they're all hot. Uh, Posh Spice. No, they are all hot. Posh Spice. Posh Spice. No. Hodgkin. She could turn it out. Hodgkin. Anyway, Dean, please get to the point of this. You're you're as annoying as uh, Anne Widdicombe. Oh, blimey. satire there for for the adults. Hodgkin. 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 The the Brexit (laughs) party. Hodgkin. 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 (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Dean. Go on. (laughs) Well, but, uh, that was that was all that was all I wanted to say, really. Just uh, tell you the technique for getting into a lucid dream. Okay, thank it, you very it, much. Uh, what it is is dream, and and then keep checking to see if you were dreaming keep, or li- not. Keep licking a nine volt battery, um, <laughs> and seeing. Well, I'm going to be honest, Dean. I, I, I wasn't actually listening to that, but it sounds like a really great um, sounds like a great technique. Can we think of another band that's all hot? It's tough, uh, isn't it? Right, let me think. Um, you know, late seven, late seventies Fleetwood Mac, three hot, two Hodgkins. Yeah. The 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 Fleetwood and the Mac. <laughs> the two luck, the luckiest rhythm section in pop, Fleetwood and Mac. 
two two old decent blues players who really, really should have ended up playing in pubs in the southwest of England, now playing some of the biggest stadiums in the world. Um, other groups? Any other groups? Can't think of even any more groups. Why well, wouldn't Girls Aloud be a group? Bucks well, Fizz, 50-50. You said band. I think they're not a band. They're, they're a, a group. They're, they're a group. not. Bucks Fizz, 50-50. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Bobby and Jay. <laughs> but, but Bananarama. It's, we've they're had all them. hot. No, two. Two. Shakespeare's sister, 50-50. <laughs> I told you, Imani Coppola. I wonder, I must message Imani, see if she got the gig. She was going to be, she was up for being a backup singer and fiddle player on the Gosh. Shakespeare's sister tour. I wonder if she do the, uh, your history! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. The one she's backing up. Oh, is it both of them? They're, they're back together. Sister are back right. together. I thought it was just going to be Marcella Detroit doing her thing. No, they, they, they are back together, which I I cannot I cannot wait. I liked a bit of Shakespeare. You better hold bad and play. play. No play. Oh, she'll play. Yeah. Um. All right, take that with Robbie in. Mm. I would say two hot, three Hodgkins. Three, to whether you consider Jason Orange hot or not. He had his moments. Three hot, let's be generous, three hot, two Hodgkins. Two? Yeah, the Hodgkins are Gary, obvs. Oh no, Gary got hot. No, Gary yeah, did. Yeah, no, get, Gary no, no, did. No. And Gary, oh, Howard. Solo Gary. <sighs> did, he have, did he have a solo career? I didn't yeah, notice. Yeah, it was great. Didn't notice, missed that one. Missed, that must have, one must have escaped Open, my Open attention. Road, yeah, it was I know, called. I'm, I'm joking, Catherine. It I was remember. lovely. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I can't. Uh, I think, I think bands are a bit like, um, wedding parties in that, you know, they're those brides that always choose a slightly uglier bridesmaid to make themselves look better. Yeah. Um, someone's texted in. Uh, the, the, the second text says, only joking, love you both. So this is a gag, okay? Excellent. Ian, you are the Hodgkin of the radio. Kathy is the Bonita Senior Rita. That's how it's written. I am the beautiful Mr. Rita. Rita. <laughs> well, thanks. Someone's, uh, Richard says, ironically, the pretty things were all Hodgkins. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, uh, okay. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. We haven't put up a new rabbit hole this week. That's my fault. It's my fault. I've simply not sorted out the memory card. I can only apologise for that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's a huge mistake. We, will, we were trying to do it every Thursday, and uh, then we didn't. But there's plenty, plenty of uh, best of uh, the late night alternative. We've had, uh, t- t- until the end of June, from January 2019, until the end of June of the same year, our talk radio podcast, and this is down to you guys, and, and down to me actually having several computers set up at the same time in several different accounts and just clicking download. We've had 1,049,000 downloads of the talk radio podcast in that six months. 1,049,000 downloads of the talk radio podcast. And we don't see a penny of that we don't see a penny but that's incredible it means by the end of the year we're going to be two million ninety-eight thousand, <laughs> or maybe less because people might go this is rubbish are you making up those numbers 
No, we saw those numbers yesterday. No, the first one. The second one. I doubled, did you make it up? I doubled you double it. it? Right, okay. Did you make it? I, I doubled it. You know what? I'm like with numbers. So 49,000 doubled is 98,000. Yeah. 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 Flip it. Oh, you're actually good. We're going to, um, right, we're going to have a break in a second. Then when we come back, uh, we've got Robin Ince on. He's talking, he's doing some shows in London at the Soho Theatre, which is, I love the Soho Theatre. That's where I saw Neil Hamburger. Uh, there is a great venue, man. Um, so he's doing some shows there next week. He's always very funny. And he's also doing a tour. So, we, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hear about that a bit later in the show. We're going to play out an old interview that we did with Rick, Rick Wakeman. We just got, we're sitting on all these interviews that we've done and so, we get so many new listeners that loads of you won't have heard them. So, um, we're going to, we're going to play that out, uh, later on. Thank you very much indeed. But in the meantime, Book your, your slots, uh, to call in. Book your slots. 0344-499-1000. Oh, and when we spoke to Robin, it's a thing we didn't do yesterday. Cox. We're talking, um, Tracy Cox. Yeah. And she's got, um, some new sex positions. There we go. Can we, is Tracy, on if Tracy, let's find Tracy on Twitter. I'm going to treat her. Uh, tweet her. I'm going to treat her and, and tweet her. Tracy Cox. I put, oh, I put Tracy Tox. Tracy Cox. Um, there we go. Tracy Cox. Um, news and views from Tracy Cox, international sex, body language, and relationships expert, author, and TV presenter. I've had international sex. Sorry? <laughs> Couldn't run a whole Twitter feed on it. There we go. Hi, Tracy. Uh, we are big fans on my radio, on my radio show. Do you fancy coming on my Face. Sorry, no, just, oh, what? Do, do you fancy coming on one night to chat about naughties? <laughs> naughties, does that sound grown up? Sounds grown that up. Sounds really subtle and mature, yeah. Okay, I've tweeted her. Um, okay, okay, but she's, we're, we're going to get out. 0344, uh, he says that he's now saying, um, you're a bonita chiquita. Okay. What does that mean? A beautiful little girl. <laughs> Mate, you want to delete those texts as soon as you can because the authorities are going to want to check your very hard drive. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done?
be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up. Why don't bandit run? Old Smoke has got them ears on. He's hot on your trail. He ain't gonna rest till you're in jail. So you got to dodge him, you've got to duck him, you gotta keep that diesel truckin'. Just put that hammer down and give it hell. He's bound to down, it up and truckin'. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go, and a short time. Here we go, there. oh yeah. I'm he's bound up, watch on bandit run. I wish I could play the banjo like that. I, I mean, jeez. It's just too good, isn't it? It's just too good. I, uh, one holiday, when I, when I go away and I, I take like an iPod with me, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get kind of fixated by a group or by a, by a sound or something. And, and one holiday, I was just listening to a lot of banjo music. I don't know why. And, uh, I thought, I'll buy myself a banjo. I'm going to buy myself a banjo, and I'm going to master it, and I'm going to be cool, and I'm going to be a banjo player. And so I ordered a banjo while I was away, so it would be ready for me when I got home, a really nice one. And I borrowed a book off of a friend, and I tried it once and went, oh, yeah, I'm never touching that again. And I've never touched it. It was really expensive. It's like 200 quid, this banjo. Is that expensive for a banjo? I don't know. Oh, three. Four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're very very welcome uh, to do that. I am uh, thrilled to say that on the line now we should have uh, one of the best comedians working at the moment. It's Robin Ince. Hey man, how you doing? Do you know what? It was an absolute joy because I'm currently listening to your show actually over the phone. Yeah. It was as if I t- dialed into Dialer Disc in 1978, <laughs> Banjo Week Dialer Disc, and hearing that just in one ear, uh, a huge Proustian rush of nostalgia. My favourite banjo album is, uh, have you ever listened to the Steve Martin Brothers? Uh, no, uh, no, I haven't, but th- that's it's- Steve Martin the comedian, right? Yeah, it's one side yeah. is kind of the remnants of his stand-up that obviously hadn't been released before, and the other side is just all proper banjo playing, him playing the banjo. It's absolutely fantastic. Have you seen that delightful special on Netflix with Steve Martin and Martin Short? I haven't seen it all yet. Oh. I've watched the first 20 minutes yet. Oh, I, 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 I loved it. I'm a big fan of Martin Short. I, I think, you know, he only made a few movies, really. I think, I think he's a great... And his autobiography is incredible as well. Oh, I've not read that. Mate, I'm, I'm, I've got it somewhere. I'm lending it to you. How's everything going, Robin? You're right. V- very good, very good. Yes, I was. I was also remembering that beautiful moment in the Billy Connolly documentary uh, that went out over Christmas, where uh, he is given a fretless banjo. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, things going very well. Yeah, I'm just. I've just got back from. I've been touring with with Brian Cox around the uh, world for the last two and a half months uh, doing my sentence. normal job as you know of, of interrupting him when the audience no longer comprehend what's coming out of his mouth um, I don't know if I always get there in time but there is uh, it, it's a strange sensation to, to interrupt someone who is so lauded and yeah. people are delighted to be there but you can still see they go do you know what we don't know if we really want this old man interrupting us but at least it gives us a chance to try and comprehend what we've heard over the previous 45 minutes about wave particle duality is he because my mum's got a real crush on um, the, the good professor. Is he as nice as he seems? Or it, it, please tell me that he's just like a really mean, dark, 
asshole when he's off stage, is he? Oh, he's he's, he's this mean, yes. wretched man who just yes. see combing his wigs on various <laughs> different unpleasant <laughs> mannequins, all with the face of Magnus Pike on them. <laughs> um, it, it's the. Do, do you know what? We, we've talked so much in the last two years, yeah. and we've only ever had two proper arguments, which is ridiculous. And oh. both times they've been about equations. <laughs> uh, and and that, that, yes. that, that sums up where, you know, there was one time where we were talking about simulation theory, because that's what happens on the tour bus, yeah. obviously. And, uh, oh, we did not get on over that one. That was that was a stand-up row about simulation theory. Wow. I, how did you two get paired together? Because obviously you do the Infinite Monkey Cage on uh, Radio 4. You've done like, is it ten seasons? Seasons, excuse me, I do apologise. Series. <laughs> series. Well, we've, we've, yeah, we've, well, I think we've now done about 117 episodes. And uh, the most exciting one is we're, we're doing an Apollo 11 one, uh, which will go out, uh, I think, probably on the anniversary of, of, of uh, Neil Armstrong standing on the moon. Oh. And so, yeah, again, it gives me a chance to meet astronauts. And I'll tell you what, I might be 50 years old, but my excitement of uh, shaking hands with astronauts oh, has never subsided. When I got a little bit of attention on me after doing The Jungle, I went on... Um, one of those Sunday morning cookery programs with, with Tim Lovejoy. They were all hosted by Tim Lovejoy. And it was lovely, you know, he was really nice people. But there was an astronaut on there, a woman who had actually been in space and had been um, in the space station. And I suddenly, Robin, became a 12-year-old boy around her and I just kept giggling and shaking her hand and holding it a little bit too long. You know, it, 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 there's something <laughs> magical about people who've been in space, isn't there? It, it is something also about these people who have actually looked back on the planet Earth yeah, kind of yeah. properly, you know. And and it does seem to give so many of them a totally... I mean, someone like Chris Hadfield, who is who's a magnificent uh, explainer of what it is to go into space and what it means to go into space. And he was, you know, perhaps most famous for, for uh, doing Space Oddity. On his final mission on the ISS, there was a thing that made him very famous, which is he sings Space Oddity. And as he says, uh, planet Earth is blue, you can actually see out the back window and go oh yeah planet earth <laughs> is just behind him but yeah I, I i think there is when you shake hands with someone who you know that hand has sometimes had to hold on to the side mm. of something traveling around space you think i better not let go now this is the worst time to let go mm. um I, I asked and then I, I kind of interrupted my own question how, how did you and brian cox uh, get get together were you friends did you i did... i made him I, I, yes. I originally made him in a laboratory, wow. and uh, he's not a real boy. A lot of people know this. He's kind of, you know, Pinocchio, as imagined by Philip K. Dick. Um, no, I, we, we first met about 15 years ago, um, and then I did a pilot with him, a, a, a BBC radio pilot. I was only a, a very minor part in it. It was uh, two other scientists were the main kind of thing. That, and that pilot, fortunately, didn't work, and someone kind of went, why don't you two do a thing? And our brilliant producer, Sash... Um, kind of between the three of us, we came up with Infinite Monkey Cage. Wow. It's, I, I, t I think I told you this last time you were on when you, you uh, were talking about the book. Um, Catherine has just joined us, by the way. Ro Cat Robin's on the line. I know he is. Hello, Hello Robin. Um, I, I was quite late to the Infinite Monkey Cage. I only discovered it sort of a couple of years ago, and it's just one of those things that was, it was always mentioned, and I, and I listened to Radio 4 a lot, but I just never got around to hearing it. And then when I heard it, it's just, it's just wonderful. The, the, the mix of guests you get on there, the science, the, um, the rudeness that you, you know, that you display towards each other, but it's obviously <laughs> filled with affection. It's such a good show, man. 
we have so, I, mean, I, I think it's just it, I'm, I'm really glad you like it it's, it's that thing that we genuinely have an enormous amount of fun doing it and the tremendous I mean my favourite ones are always the ones if we do one that's specifically about certain areas of physics then Brian often has quite a kind of you know reasonably deep understanding of that really the moment we go into an area that he doesn't know very well just his excitement you know he hasn't he doesn't pretend you know when you see him on those famous shots where he's you know standing at the side of a you know Amazonian rainforest while monarch butterflies you know fly through his ears and mind um that that smile is a smile that isn't just for television he really the excitement of going explain that again so i didn't realize so you're telling me that photosynthesis that actually does involve quantum behavior you know at that point his his excitement is 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 very real and i love the arguments i mean i remember once doing one where we had um two people who were involved in space exploration and um they started to have a, a, a proper row about where we most most likely to find life in the solar system beyond oh. the planet Earth. And, you know, it, it was, one's going with a, with a moon of, of Jupiter, the other one is going with a cave of Mars, and there was a point where Joe Brand just had to go, hey, you know, calm down, everyone, it's all right. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> but I love those kind of rows, because it, it also shows the intensity and the intense feeling that, because I think there's still a kind of cliche about that scientists, hello, I'm a scientist, I've been counting things now for a very long time, and I've just finished counting them and we've come up with a theory. So there's a kind mm-hmm. of cold detachment. And, and of course, you know, pretty much every one of the ones that I've worked with, they have so filled with, 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 with joy and, 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 and kind of doubt, you know, a kind of excited doubt about what the universe is, yeah. trying to reduce that doubt, but realizing that every time you reduce that doubt uh, or appear to, then you throw up something where you go, oh, that means we don't know about that, because you've got that answer, which is great. It's really good that the Large Hadron Collider has come up with that answer for us, but that's now made these extra hundred questions. Oh, I... maybe there's more... I have a theory, Robin, and really I should be discussing this with the professor, but I would like to, you, you, some of his, his intelligence has rubbed off. You're a bright guy anyway, but some of his science has rubbed off on you. My theory is this, and this is genuinely my theory that needs a little honing, but I think that, like, let's say millions of years ago, um, we humans lived on Mars, and then for some reason, maybe there was either a war or there was a natural disaster, Mars became uninhabitable, and we had to escape to Earth, and only Catherine is pulling a face there, which I find actually disrespectful. Well, mm. Let me finish it, please. Did you mention we'll, like the toasters and that, you, the microwaves on Mars? <laughs> we're not going to mention that bit. No, but let's. So. Why don't we wait and see what Robin says okay. before we argue? I think I know what he's going to say. Yeah, I do. On. I think I know him a little bit better than you, and he he's got an open <laughs> mind. I think. I genuinely think. That, but, let's both call oh. him and see who he comes to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we we moved from Mars a few million years ago or thereabouts because there was a disaster that meant it was uninhabitable and that at some point on Mars, all right, I'm going to say at some point, one of the explorations, they may have already done it. They'll like be digging around in their little buggy and NASA will have a live feed. We go, we think we found something. And then the moon buggy will pull up a, a like a TV remote control or something. What do you think about that, Mr. Ince? Now, there's two things. First of all, when you say a little bit of honing, what you mean is any form of evidence whatsoever. But I suppose the second thing is what that really says is we both are of a generation that were brought up on Jeff Wayne's War of the World <laughs> and the books of Eric von Danikin. <laughs> yes. And the damage they may well have done to us could be very, very deep. I mean, I still love looking back. I've got an enormous collection of, you know, books about how Mars was, was colonised, how the Mayan temples were built by some kind of aliens, all of that stuff. I, I, I still get quite a thrill, you know, 
there's one which is all about an alien germ warfare attack which happened six million years ago on the planet okay. Earth led to some change in evolution. Um, they're all delightful in their own way, unless you start believing them, and then they may well lead to eventually some you know okay. flat earth complex as well okay. so you're not he's so not, i think it's a lovely i mean it's lovely i think it's going to be a, a, a super book but i would definitely put it in the fiction section when you first marked okay. it well but he said so he came he, to me he, he sniffed me. you but he came to me <laughs> he said he was about to say a lovely idea that's all i need on the poster <laughs> that's, that's all taking. i need now robin you no, are... i think that's part of the fun actually but one of the, this is one of the reasons that i love also one of my favorite guests to have on, on monkey cage and someone that I've, I've done various kind of weird live shows with as well alan moore oh, uh yeah. you know great writer of, of Watchmen from hell is what, what I delight about it is he has tremendous scientific rigor and then things which we can be uncertain about things that we don't have enough evidence for you can be really really playful as long as you don't start to be you know if, if you go I'm just playing and whether you you know if you just want to I mean I, I think you're really gonna have to play very hard with your um the escape from Mars <laughs> okay okay well, I, let, well let me you wait let me get the evidence Robin then we'll get you back on the show and then we'll see now Tell me, you're doing shows, you, you've got a tour, you've got a, 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 a 10 days, 11 days in Edinburgh, but next week... Oh, no, I'm not in Edinburgh at all. Oh, you're I, not in Edinburgh? Bit, oh, bit, I'm looking at an old day. I'm really sorry. That's last year. I'm so sorry. This, this year, but it's all right. We live in a block universe. We may yeah. well, actually, we can't get back there. Brian explained light cones to me. Uh oh, oh, man. It's, do you know what? There is a genuine, genuine sense of disappointment in the show that we're doing at the moment, where when he reveals you can't go back in time, but you can, you know, you can always travel forward, but that, you can see people going, oh, man. And I've spent 30 years on that time machine. If I'd come to this lecture just a little bit earlier, I could have left that shed a long time ago. But it's, um, yeah, so I'm doing, a, I'm doing a week-long run at the Soho Theatre next week, the show called Chaos of Delight. Now, what was, is that? Well, the idea was I decided that everyone seemed to be so morose and misanthropic and kind of fearful of everything that was happening in the world that I would do um, a, a solo show which was desperately fighting for seeing the delight in the world chaos of delight is a phrase that um charles darwin used when he he talked when he was traveling through the brazilian rainforest about all of the lo uh, life that he saw and such an incredible variety of life yeah and uh, at one point he said you know today my mind is a chaos of delight so it's wow. basically an hour-long show in which was well, sometimes a two-hour-long show i mean occasionally it's a three-hour-long show but um in, in which i kind of just say look you're getting hung up on too many negative things that there are great things in the world and it's a it's basically i do it to convince myself because i'm i find it very easy to you know i was the kid who hung around graveyards and you know i, I did have an enormous number of, of morrissey records which uh, uh -oh, uh -oh. I, I don't yeah they don't come out as much as they used to but it gives me so much more time to listen to uh idols instead um idols and nick cave and savages so it's, it's made up that, that's why i think about those things you know when one of your heroes or someone that you love their work yeah. you go Oh, do you know what? They've just gone in a direction so far right. that I now find it hard to listen to them. I don't see that as a negative thing. I think, you know what? I did a lot of listening to that stuff. It now frees up space to listen to something else. Yeah. Um, it's funny you, you say that, the, the, you explain the, the idea of the show, because that's kind of what this show is, that me and Kath, why we call it the late night oh, alternative. Oh, I totally ripped it off. Oh, no, good for you. But I, no, what I did was I used my time machine when I lived on Mars, and <laughs> right, uh, I used my time telescope. No, 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 I'm in defense of you now. No, but, but this is the thing, because, because all the other, you, you flick through the radio dial and listen to any speech radio, it's all going to be Brexit, it's all going to be, uh, um, anti-Semitism, it's all going to be Boris, you know, it's going to, you know what you're going to get, and it's designed to create fear. 
fear and to create division and to create hatred and to generate exciting phone calls of people um, arguing. So we decided, I mean, Catherine kind of had the conscious desire to make a show that was positive and that celebrated art and celebrated life. And if we'd seen a, you know, a good niche film that nobody else had seen, we'd get the guy that made it on. And, and you know, we kind of talk openly and honestly about that. I have to say, while I'm very proud of this show and while I think it's the best thing that, that I certainly have ever done, no buggers listening, Robin. We got, we've got, you know, we've got Julia Hartley Brewer doing the breakfast show and she's banging on all her right wing nonsense and, and, and applauding Anne Widdicombe and stuff and it's getting huge figures. This, this, this little show here at night is, uh, is, is kind of a delightful cult that, that I think maybe about 25 people last count, Catherine, right. are, are tuning into. It, it would be, it's You know so what? I wish you told me that earlier because I'd gone to bed at 10. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a terrible waste of my time. No, it's I, not. I, I, I think oh. you're right. I, I mean, I do think it, it, it for some reason, it, it, it's, a, it's as if all human beings have the same trait that initially I, I thought was a performer's trait, which is when the internet first became, you know, in everyone's home, that vanity search that people yeah. do, where they, they look for their name and they go down, and if you're a comic or whatever, you, you're going down, and, uh, oh, that's positive, that's positive. You won't stop until, you know, it might take a hundred searches. It might only take two. It just depends on, you know, whatever. But a hundred, and and then you find the one where someone goes, worst shit I've ever seen. And and you go, oh, the relief. I'm rubbish. And the world is awful. I'm loathed. And I I think we've become so attached. And I think it's, it's, it's very specific. It's, well, it's quite specific, I think, to um, our culture in particular. Which, which this kind of, this bitterness that we mm. see, this, this relentless bitterness, this, this frequent fear that someone might not be as unhappy as you, so how can we make them as unhappy? All of that stuff. And, and I, I think the older I've got, the, the more I'm desperately trying to, to, to fight against that. And, and why I try sometimes to take a little bit of a back step from things like social media. But it's, it's, a, it's addictive, isn't it? You, with all, you know, I don't know about you personally, but with me, with all the, the greatest will in the world, I, I, I find myself getting sucked into Twitter arguments and calling people dickheads. You know, it's very, very, it, it's very Moorish to get involved in the dark side of stuff. And, and Twitter in particular, I think, is, 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 is possibly the, the worst place for it and digital spy. But um, it is easy to get stuck. So how do, you, how do you make this show? How do you do a show then that is, uh, that is celebratory? Well, well this one is, is I've, I've filled it now with, with all the things that brought me joy from, from a very early age and all the way through to the kind of, uh, to, to, to the present, uh, present time with a few little kind of deviations also in, in you know, why, why you don't need to be, you know, angry at vegans. You know, what, if, if you're going to be, you know, use your anger well. If you want to be frustrated by things, uh, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're an atheist, there was a lovely moment on, on Monkey Cage a while ago where one thing that I found interesting as someone who's kind of you know, an atheist or whatever is, is years ago I think there was a point where everyone was like kind of who was an atheist like hey you're an atheist I'm an atheist we must have loads in common mm. and then over the last 10 years you've kind of gone oh no oh no it turns out you might not believe in a god but you, you still might have nothing in common and there was this that, it's so I, I tell this story if there was a point on Monkey Cage where we had Neil deGrasse Tyson and we had Victor Stock the former dean of Guildford Cathedral yeah. wonderful human being and uh at one point, we, we had Clerical Corner. It was for our 100th show. And we had Richard Coles there as well. And Brian went, let's go over to Clerical Corner. And Neil deGrasse Tyson went, do they have a physics corner in all of their churches? <laughs> and then Victor just came back and went, well, in Westminster Abbey, where, of course, we've got uh, Charles Darwin, Isaac Newton, and Stephen Hawking. One of the things that we do is... And it was just this... 
<laughs> it was this beautiful moment because Neil, I think, is, is approaching it in this kind of, you know, in, in America where there's so much kind of, you know, the, the, the dogmatic and mm. highly funded, you know, f- far-right evangelicals. And really, and Victor was kind of like, we, we don't really need to have this argument, do we? Mm. You know, there's a lot of common ground. And, and so a lot of the show is also about trying to find, you know, that thing where we have a lot more in common. Um, the, very often that then you know we have different from each other you know our, our, our if you if you peel away the supposedly strong held opinions that people have and you actually find out what they care about mm. a lot of us have have a lot in common and, and we're kind of uh, at the moment it's become very very binary so it's it, you know I, I basically i start with there's various stories about peter cushing some nights i do an aria uh, that christopher lee did in the film the return of captain invincible but that mm. doesn't happen every night it just depends if the mood takes me yeah, yeah. i would do a little bit of it for you now but uh, i'm at dad's house and he's gone to bed so i can't <laughs> do that um and uh, and and then it just goes through different things that I've, I've loved kind of musically and things about um astronomy and uh and and science and nick cave and all of those other things that bring me joy um, so that's the Soho Theatre, the 8th to the 13th. I love the Soho Theatre. I was there at the week, was it this weekend or the weekend? It was this weekend, I think, to see um, Neil Hamburger. Uh, I, I, oh, I, I wanted to see that oh, show. That man. sounded great. It was, it was great. I'm such, I'm such a big fan. It was great. But so you're there the 8th to the 13th. I've just tweeted yeah. the robinince.com uh, links to, so to go to that. You. But then you're doing a tour, you're going all over the place. With, with the same show or you're doing, it, are you it, doing different it, things? I'm, I'm doing about, um, I think, 12 more of... Uh, of, of the Chaos of Delight show, which does change every single night, and yeah. it, uh, I, I, I can't remember where I'm going. In Corsham and Glasgow and uh, Edinburgh and Cardiff and uh, Penzance and various other places. I've just basically made it sound like my agent has no idea about geography. Where are you doing? I'm doing uh, Glasgow and Penzance. That's that's, that's the, the two places. Um, and uh, and then I'm also back on tour with Brian Cox, oh, where we're this. doing the. U- I'm, scro- I'm scrolling down your live page, and it's got all these lovely, you know, these lovely theatres and art centres and stuff. Then it says September, October, November. Uh, September, October. Brian Cox live with Robin Ince arena tour. Is that <laughs> brilliant? Man. Yeah, it, it's. I, I will be playing the Acorn in Penzance and also the O2. Uh, <laughs> it's just insane. Hey, did you I mean, go on? No, I, I, I do. For, you know, I, I never forget the fact that I know that I'm a very niche comic, and what I do is very niche, and it's you know not everyone's cup of tea, and, and you know, and so I do. I find it quite remarkable that when when you kind of go on at somewhere like Wembley Arena, yeah. um, or you know Manchester, or wherever, and and you just think, wow, I've, you know, I've, I've been doing the show with Brian. Where not only am I allowed to do stand up and mucking around, but I, I'm allowed to do a poem as well. You know, <laughs> the, 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 actually, almost the end of the show is me um, doing a, a very kind of personal poem, which is, and, and I forget how weird that is yeah. until we have a break from the tour, and then I go. What an odd thing. Yeah. I bet there's some people who are just sitting there going, I don't think we paid for poetry. <laughs> this is, this is Two more right. quick things, I'm going to let you go, because Ra- I'm going to do one question, then Ray has been waiting. Ray's got a question for you. It's like Saturday Superstore. But very quickly, mm-hmm. I, did you hear today that Brendan Burns has quit stand-up? Yeah, yeah. He said, I mean, I, I remember saying I was going to quit stand-up. Do you know what? It's a dangerous thing to say that you're going to quit stand-up if you've been doing it this long yeah. and if you know this. I mean, I, I hope whatever Brendan does, I've, I've, I've known him since he began pretty much. We, we probably started around the same time. Yeah. And, and I hope that he, he's got a plan to, that, that will, you know, make him happy. I certainly know in the last few years he's found ways of, of making stand-up a lot more kind of joyous for him. Good, but, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested. I just, I just wondered what you thought. Let's bring Ray in very quickly. Ray, you want to speak to Robin? Hi, good evening, Robin. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is going to make you cringe or not, but um, one of my best friends while I was his best man at his wedding um, is a ginger... Has lads called Tim, 
and uh, he used to take the money when you were comparing at the Mitre uh, in Hampton Court. Ham- Hampton Court, and he looks like Richard <laughs> Branson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, saw, I saw him tonight, but um, he told me, he said, you've got to come along. And I, I saw you many, many weeks because you were comparing there for quite a while. Yeah. And, and I, you told him, he said, you, you can't miss this, this, this guy that's going to be on this Sunday. And he passed on to me. And he was a guy from the West Country, and I came along, and I laughed for 20 minutes. Was it Steve Merchant? Yeah. Do you know what? Hey. what one of my favourite things, I'm very fond of that night, because uh, my mate Michael Legg was down that night as well. And we were just... Steve Merchant's stand-up routine is still one of, I think, the most joyous things. He, yeah. I, I think he's... Yeah. And, I, and I love his film, Fighting With My Family, as well. I, think, I thought that was a great movie. Um, but... It, we were watching him and half the audience didn't get it because it was a brilliant piece oh. about he goes on as this tremendously arrogant stand-up all right everyone yeah. uh, Merchant, probably probably one of the best er, com- well the best comedian actually i'm getting paid a little bit more than everyone else here tonight don't tell them that and he would do all this stuff high status and then it would start to fall apart and by the end he he was kind of nothing and that was a it was beautiful it was like a 20 minute play and Harfield, as you could see, just going... And then I looked at the other comedian who was on, and he didn't get it either. Oh. And at that point, I just fell through a door. And I remember falling very hard, because it was just the most joyous moment to think, this is both brilliant comedy and yeah. art as well, because yeah. there's people going, I don't get it. Brilliant. Right, there you go. Thank you, Robin. It's at Robin Ince on Twitter, R-O-B-I-N-I-N-C-E. Uh, RobinIntz.com has got all the live dates, but ne- the, the ones you need to know immediately, next week at the Soho Theatre, uh, it's, it's a great venue, it's, it's a brilliant act, a brilliant turn, I think we could call you that without being offensive. Um, yeah, Robin, I'm a turn. He's a turn. Robin, always nice to talk to you, man. You're welcome any time. Best of luck. Yeah, I'd love to come into the studio, so when, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. that I didn't, didn't tonight, so, when, so let's do that. Whenever you, whenever you feel like it coming, you'd be very welcome. I would love to. Cheers, man. See you thank later. You thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ray. 0344 499 1000. This, dear listener, is Talk Radio. Jacked up jive talk for janitors, jazz cats, and gin soaked boys and girls. Jacques de Mondo. <laughs> if you're awake, you're a welcome. I've got five cactus needles stuck in my. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine. Uh, 1000 is the, uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're very, you're very welcome. So let's get down to Cox, Tracy Cox, uh, Saxbert. Um, and, uh, the sun is shining, the waves are lapping, and the hardest decision you've had to make all week is which way to point your sun lounger. Most couples have more and better sex on holiday than at any other time. I don't like, uh, I don't like doing it in foreign beds. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. European beds, I, I think, are too flimsy. And an American hotel bed, okay, sure. But I know I prefer my own beds. I, I'm, I'm, Your homebody. Yeah, I'm not horny on a holiday. Oh, right, okay. Um, and this woman obviously doesn't have to share a uh, very, very, very flimsy apartment with two other two children. Yeah, yeah. There's no one doing anything. You're more relaxed. You can mix things up and do it at different times of the day and enjoying lots of cock. Cocktails, cocktails, well, okay. excuse me, excuse me. So you're both in good moods and up for having some uh, bump, uh, some fun. The more often you go on holiday together, the better your relationship will be. It's because it, it means you're rich. Yeah. 80% of the world's most respected therapists voted taking regular holidays as the best way to keep a marriage happy. Well, because they're rich. Here's some new moves, positions, and places for you to make the most of your annual break. Hot, hot holiday sex positions. The rock star. 
Lying in the sun makes you crave lazy, sensual sex. Get him to sit with legs stretched in front of him, apart. Facing him, you sit between his legs, then put your legs over his feet and either side of his chest. What? We might have to act this out in a minute. No. Can can you and Amy act it out? No. It it sounds like a lot like contortionism. Clasp each other's wrists, then rock. It's like the exercise you do. Yeah, teddy bear roll thing. When one leans back as the other leans forward, pulling each other up with your arms. But doesn't, is your penis inside the lady? (laughs) Well, you have to have a two foot knob. Get him to sit. (laughs) So you have to, you're right, you'd have to have a small penis. Get him to sit with legs stretched in front of him. If we've got any couples that are at home that are willing to try this, I would totally love to hear from you trying these now. Get him to sit with legs stretched in front of him apart. Facing him, you sit between his legs, then put your legs over his and his feet either side of his chest. Oh! I got it. So you're, you're Okay, so it's there. <laughs> but she doesn't say you've got to put it... I assume you, put, assume you put it in. <laughs> Clasp each other's wrists, then rock. It's, um, <laughs> it's oops, upside your head. head. It's oops, upside your head. head. That's what that is, isn't it? <laughs> you get thrown okay. out for that, caper. The rock star. This is the love triangle. It's way too hot for missionary. Instead, when the missionaries went to Africa, uh-huh. did they have sex in front of them to show them the, the holy way to have sex? And also, it's not a bad position. The missionaries knew a thing or two. Mm. I just wonder whether it's the, um, uh, it's standard, that's your basic, uh, and they don't want you getting more elaborate than that, because that gets pervy. Okay, so, but what makes missionary good in the eyes of God, and doggy, the devil's doings? Because with missionary, um, you can read the Bible at the same time. <laughs> you can read the Bible when you're doing a doggy, put it on her back. <laughs> It's way too hot for missionary. <laughs> this is the love triangle. Instead, you lie back. That's the, the woman. So you lie back and you're on your back. He kneels in front of you. Okay. He takes hold of your feet and brings the soles together. Okay. So it's like that. Pushing your... Oh, okay. Pushing your legs back towards your chest. Right. Your legs form a triangular shape. This sounds forming, a lot like wrestling. Forming a frame around both your naughty bits. Oh, my gosh. That sounds hotter than missionary. I mean, hot. The vine, named after Jeremy. (laughs) Or Tim. Perfect for fast, passionate, impromptu sex. It's also a manly, caveman-type position for when you're feeling adventurous. Oh, no, this this would do my back in even more. He leans against the wall and lifts you up by taking a firm grip of your bottom. You wind your arms around his neck, grip his thighs with yours, so the lady is up off the ground. Right. This is not safe. Flipping it! And the lady, you put your feet against the wall to give leverage and help him thrust. (laughs) Flipping that, man. Don't expect to last more than a few minutes, but this is doable. Yeah, but you don't want to do it at home because you'll mark your walls. Yeah. Mommy, why are you the soles of your feet on the walls? Well, um... And why is daddy's arsehole on the wall? <laughs> Seven new moves. Give him a no-hands massage. Start by straddling his back, then lean forward and use your breasts and upper body to massage his. From there... Oh, this is disgusting. 
From there, move into sliding your entire body length over his back, thighs, legs and bottom. So you're climbing all over him and rubbing against him. We get the idea. Bonus feels just as good your head as his. Bonus? Yeah. Okay. Do a Fergie. What, divorce a prince and have ugly children? I think you meant wet yourself. Okay. Sarah Ferguson no doubt regrets letting a Texan millionaire kiss and suck her toes. What makes you say that? But she loved it. Shrimping. But you won't. It's shrimping, is that what it's called? Yeah. It's one of those things that people talk about but no one actually does. Break the mould. Well, there's mould on feet, so yeah. Get him to suck your toes and lick the spaces in between them. Oh, God. Clean, I could do that. I cl- would do clean that. Clean them first, yeah, though. Yeah, if you're uh, just taking wipes. your socks off, wet that's wipes. not nice. Um, God. Go commando. It's cooler, and you can't help but focus on sex when your bits are free and ready to be ravished. <laughs> that innocent-looking knee-length sundress suddenly transforms to corset and garter type sexy when you discreetly take his hand to show him what you forgot to put on. Oh, no. <laughs> Make a sex bucket list. While you're a si- what? Sex bucket. Oh, right, okay. While you're sitting around the, po- the pool, excuse me, of all... Make a sex bucket list while you're sitting around the pool of all the new things you both like to try. Then put dates beside each one so there's a deadline. And so that's not to, a thing. And yeah. then at the end you have to die. So that says that's a move. This isn't the list of, list of seven new moves. Move yeah. number four is not a move. No. Oh, dear God. Oh, no. This woman wants locking up. She probably does want locking up and the key being swallowed and she has to wait until he craps it out again. Then she has to get it out with her teeth before... That'll probably turn her on, dirty pervert. Do it in front of the window with the blinds up. Oh, no. If you're brave, you'll lead a side light on so anyone peering in can see a sexy silhouette. Otherwise, do it in the dark knowing no one can see you but you can see everyone else. Be a voyeur. Stand in front of a long mirror, totally naked. <laughs> Get your partner to stand behind you, blindfolded and also naked. Let them explore, touch and kiss all parts of you as you watch yourself become aroused. Take turns. Next one. Get wet. Pull on a nice tight t-shirt, minus your bra, then, a- <laughs> then accidentally splash yourself to highlight your best features. See-through clothing is more erotic than bare flesh because it's mysterious, offering a tantalising glimpse of what's beneath. He can pull the same trick to show off a ripped torso! (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Dad bod! Mix things up by doing things at different times of the day. What, like breakfast at tea time? (laughs) Being slightly tiddly at a completely inappropriate 10am... Sucking off Buck's fi- sipping on a oh. Buck's fizz, sets the scenes for your slide into a gloriously hedonistic holiday. Where are the kids? We've got seven best, the seven best places to do it coming up after this. <laughs> the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uh, quiet on the calls tonight, but that's that's absolutely fine. We're not here tomorrow, by the way. We've got Rufus Hound in yeah. tomorrow. And we've got a couple of days off next week because we've got the tickets, Kiss tickets, and the Bob Dylan tickets have come through. Now. So it's definitely on. We, it is 
on. All right, so we've got, um, sexy places. Tracy Cox, sexy places to do it. Certain locations and, locations and situations put a fiendish twinkle in everyone's eyes. Well, Kath, we know you're a dogger. What? Um, I'm never, not. You've done it outside. It's not dogging. Um, uh, okay. Fine, all right. You, okay. There was no, it wasn't in a lay-by. There were no cars involved. There was no one pretending to walk the dog. There was no one spying on us. As far as you know. If anyway. it's public or semi-public setting, being arrested isn't quite the kick you're after. Sex in public is illegal. Yeah. So you've broken the law. So be sensible and in high-risk places, aim to get aroused rather than satisfied. Also know the rules of the country you're visiting in Dubai. Oh, like the country code. No shouting. <laughs> leave the gate. Gate <laughs> shut. Shut the gate. <laughs> uh, even innocent public displays of affection like kissing and holding hands are socially unacceptable. On the plane, unless it's a long haul, it's unlikely you'll have the chance to become a fully signed up member of the Mile, let's call it the Miles High Club. But you can get away with murdering your seats by putting a blanket over your laps and letting your hands wander. No, you can't. Everyone no, knows that's no, what you're No, you're doing. not going to tug someone off on an aeroplane. Plus, everyone gets a bit farty on aeroplanes. Yeah. In the swimming pool or hot tub. In movies and porn, these are the main hot spots for holiday sex. That's actually not true. In reality, you're best avoiding because they're full of bacteria that cause irritations, urinary tract and yeast infections, all of which will spoil sex for the rest of the holiday. <laughs> Jump in for some steamy foreplay. This is what, ah, then jump out for the final. No heavy petting. Yeah, exactly. In a restaurant. No spitting, no running. Hmm? This is on the Daily Mail. If I'd have said I've done this, right, I would be hounded. Yeah. In a restaurant that has long tablecloths. No, 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 no. Not hygienic, not where food is served, No. Can I have uh, another one of those breadsticks? You've eaten a lot. Oh, I'm not eating them. Wear a loose-fitting dress with no knickers and keep a straight face while the waiter takes your order. That what is... What does that mean? Is that a euphemism? No. No, it's not. He's, he's The waiter's not involved. The waiter's taking your order and right. you're taking your partner's uh, mm? breadsticks. In your hotel room. Though, because all hotel rooms are sexy. Well, Trust me, no. they ain't, mate. You can't help but wonder what's gone in there and lots of mirrored cupboards or walls so you have a great view of what's oh, going on. No. In the shower, wear waterproof makeup. Oh, God, no. No, 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 not waterproof. It looks good when it runs. It? Do you not think? Is that... But just me, okay. And use soap-free cleanser so fingers can disappear into all sorts of places. Shampooing each other's hair is an incredibly intimate and sexy thing to do. Or let him shave your legs. What? What? You should have had that taken care of. There should be nothing to shave. I can't think of anything less erotic. Shaving a chest? On the beach, go far from the crowds, take some towels and sarongs, and you'd be amazed what's possible. Never have sex on a beach. No, no. You do not want sand under your foreskin. (laughs) Ditto, if you jump on top wearing a loose skirt with no knickers... If if it's too obvious to thrust, squeeze your pelvic floor muscles oh around God, it. Oh, God, I mean... Here we go, and this is your one, Catherine. In the countryside, walk a little off the beaten track, well, the beating track, and you'll find conveniently placed trees or bushes that shield you from view. I mean, it really is a, a, a remarkable look into the mind of a, an incredibly mucky lady. Oh, I could make up some stuff. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, I'm sure you I should. I think we all could. Uh, oh, look, uh, you go to, to TracyCox.com, the main picture is a picture of a bum, <laughs> a, a lady's bum, and then she's surrounded by, and then there's a picture of her surrounded by dildos. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, uh, uh, I bet Cox isn't even re- her real surname. 
how do women masturbate? A hands-on guide to the four most popular techniques. Stretch your next session to make sex last longer. Six hot hand job techniques to try on him tonight. First time anal, all you need to know. My God, what a... What a my God, Miss Jones. Uh, please tell me you've got something clean and decent for us, Catherine. Oh, yeah. 0344 499 1000, by the way, dear listener. A scheming teenager dressed up as a police officer. Did we? Sorry, did we do the 22? We did the 22 break. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Catherine. Go on. A scheming teenager dressed up as a police officer and issued random people with a bogus on-the-spot fines. Oh, I saw this. This is brilliant. <laughs> Mason Crozier, 18, yeah. had little motive to hang sanctions to members of the public f- fines for supposed criminal offences. That's a very clumsy sentence. Yeah. But no one actually coughed up a penny as the ploy had a lack of sophistication, the Manchester Evening News says. And Crozier was spared jail at Manchester Crown Court after admitting three counts of impersonating a police officer and one count of fraud. Oy. He was instead sentenced to a two-year intensive community order... 30 hours of rehabilitation activity and 30 hours of unpaid work and banned from fancy dress shops. <laughs> oh, no! I added that one. George oh. Elizabeth Nichols also ordered him to pay a victim sur- surcharge. The court heard the teenager, who lost his mother as a baby and has a father in prison for drugs offences, mm. first approached <coughs> a taxi driver in Ardwick, Manchester, told him he committed a traffic offence and demanded an on-the-spot fine... £45, please. Duncan Wilcox, prosecuting, said the victim was told if he went to court, he would face a higher fine. He said the victim could get points or even lose his licence. The cab driver says Crozier was wearing policeman-like clothing and had produced an ID card that claimed he was PC Dale Thomas with British Transport Police. But the victim wasn't convinced and called BTP while Crozier was still there. Wow. When told what Crozier was saying simply wasn't true, the victim used his phone to take a picture of him before he fled. So this lad is not Lex Luthor. Yet Crozier approached a 16-year-old boy later that day in that's, May this that's year. Genius. That's actually you go for, young people, because they will cack themselves. And found a cannabis grinder on him, Mr Wilcox said. Crozier of Withenshaw, Manchester, told the boy to pay a fine of £30 and when he didn't have any money, marched him to the victim's grandfather's house in handcuffs. Wow. Crozier told the boy, uh, the grandfather let Crozier in, again dressed in this fake uniform, and gave him £24 and the boy gave him a further £6. But the man was suspicious, not least because the card Crozier left detailed his base as Longsight Police Station, but it was spelt wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Police later used the card to match Crozier's fingerprints, the court heard. The final incident was on May 29th when Crozier and an accomplice targeted a woman who'd been to the Spice Girls concert at the Etihad Stadium. She needed to use the toilet and tried to go in Asda, but it was closed, the court heard. Consequently, she relieved herself outside in some bushes (laughs) and was busted by Crozier and another man, again posing as police officers. So he's got a mate that helps him out? Yes. This is incredible. She was told she couldn't do that. The mate who's doing one last job before he retires. Yeah, yeah. She was told she couldn't do that, Mr Wilcox said. The defendant told the victim she had to pay an on-the-spot fine of £30. Again, the defendant didn't have any money and was marched to a cash machine by the two men. At this point, she began to get upset and another member of the public saw what was happening and intervened. Uh, the stranger advised the victims to seek identification. He again produced a card claiming to be a PC Thomas, but the victim refused to play, pay. She left and later reported the matter to police. Crozier was soon tracked down to the address where he lives with his grandmother in Bench Hill and arrested. In his room, police found Here we go. Here we go. a fake uniform, yeah. warrant card, two pairs of handcuffs and blue latex gloves. Oh, he's going to do bum searches. 
Wow, he really was um, committing to the role. This is incredible. The court heard he was convicted of similar matters in 2017 when he posed as a fake car buyer. He promised to buy vehicles online and then didn't provide the funds. This guy's a scumbag and a piece of trash, but he's also my hero. Well, if we could just turn his powers to the to the light side rather than the dark side, he could be a very valuable weapon in the yeah, war against yeah, crime. He could be, he could be. Um, we've got five and a half minutes, four and a half minutes till the break. I don't want to start another story. The phone's not ringing, that's fine. Maybe we just sit. We're going to put, we're playing um, Rick Wakeman, which is yeah. an interview we did a while ago. But it's a really good interview. Rick Wakeman from Yes and Session Musician and Grumpy Old Man and all that. He's great. We did this ages and ages ago when we didn't have many people listening to the show. And now we've, you know, we've probably got even less listening to the show, if I'm honest. But we thought, well, let's, let's uh, get it and let's play it and let's um, let you guys uh, enjoy it. Everyone loves Rick Wakeman. Everyone loves Rick Wakeman. If I'm honest, I'm feeling a little bit down today i don't think i can i can finish the full marathon tonight so but it's a good interview it's a really good interview so i think we're going to enjoy it but um maybe we just wait for we've got until 59 or oh, you can see the clock now can't you yeah until 59 maybe we just no 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 me. no uh, sorry, we're just doing the voices for the tennis players <laughs> <laughs> on the telly. Um, no, not me. Uh, so maybe we just we just wait, and if people call in, let's get some like relaxing. Let's get some relaxing music. Hang on a second, let me find. What's this? All right, start. Let's get some relaxing music. Um, let's all cool out. Just just cool out, everybody. Relaxing music. Here we go. Um, oh, this is good. Happiness frequency. This is okay. Here we go. This is happiness frequency, love, success, law of attraction, relaxing music, 24-7, sleep, relax, study. All right, so this is going to be, this is going to be great. So let's have a, let's have a listen to this. And if anyone wants to call in, we've got four minutes until the break. 0344 499 Just going to chill out. This is nice, man. Can't hear it. This is apparently live. This is being. This is going out live on the YouTube. Um. Oh, someone phoned in and then put the phone down. That's funny. Where are you going? Let's try uh, line one. You're on the wireless. Hello. Good evening. Yes. Uh, you, you're both going to hate this. Uh, well, then don't, well, no, hang on a minute. Then don't do it. No, but I, I, it's in a nice way. Uh, because I'm, I'm coming with a friend to see you on Saturday. Okay, Shaftesbury. We have, uh, still plenty of tickets yeah. available. Well done. Thank you for the support. Uh, and I'm both going to, whether you like or not, give you a present. Okay. Is it a punch in the face? Is uh, it a karate chop? No, no. Is it, it a car? The, uh, not that no it, hopefully a nice present for each of you but um okay uh it, it just basically goes back to christmas really uh and this is a bit you won't like because i know you don't like taking compliments i love it um, i love taking compliments i'm taking it go okay well to be fair uh four four people got me through christmas Oi. uh you catherine my son and the Samaritan. Oh, mate. And I'm, 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 I'm glad you made it. I'm glad yeah. you made it. Uh, and, and I'm not, you know, you, 
I admire you a lot because you you speak openly and uh, you're very good at, at sort of talking about your sort of mental health and everything. Yeah. Uh, but because I was a copper for sort of seventeen, eighteen years, you know, I'm one of those old school. Yeah, you struggle to to, to be open about emotions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really do. Uh, but through Christmas and New Year, your your show uh, got me through really. Nice um, one, I'm glad. I'm glad that yeah. we helped in whatever size way it was, and I'm glad you made it through the other side, Ray. No, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still struggling, but you know, uh, I still come to see you guys, so I must be that mental. Well, there you go. You see, you're, you're, you're this shows <laughs> that you need help. We will know that you're better when you stop coming to the shows, and you've. Uh, hey, listen, man, it's always nice to see you in the shows. It was nice to. Um, it was your. It was your boy, wasn't it? it was at the on the one in London? Yeah, you, nice you to met see my your boy. son as well. Yeah, yeah, it was lovely <laughs> yeah. to see you. So, uh, you know, we, we look forward to seeing you in uh, beautiful Dorset on Saturday at one forty-five, I think. Cheers, man. Yeah. Nice I, one, I Ray. look forward to seeing you both as well. Cheers, Bye, mate. Ray. Thank you very much. Let's um, very quickly take one more call and then we'll go to the... Oh, um, i got the wrong button there. Let's go to James. Good evening, James. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very well, James. What have you got for us? Just wondering, have you ever knocked one out when you're driving? Thank you very much for your oh call. Oh, God. Um, that's, uh, that's a shocking question, isn't it? Listen, I can't, I can't give any more um, sexual revelations because it's, it's turned my life into uh, something very strange already. So I, I cannot give any more. Um, I personally have not... Um, I have not masturbated myself when I've been driving. That's all I can say under these situations. Uh, we got Mary uh, coming up after the news. We could have you, dear listener. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative. We are on every weeknight from ten. I'm Ian Lee. She is Catherine Boyle. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. go last hour of the show we're not in tomorrow so if you want to talk now is the time to do it oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand guys come on
344-999-1000 is the telephone. And we're going to play this nice happiness music. And maybe we'll find happiness. We'll find happiness listening to the music. And then we guys. Uh, Mary's on the line. Good evening, Mary. Hello. Good evening. Hello, Mary. Um, I, I got um, cut off the last time um, I telephoned. Ah. And I just wanted to say um, thank you for the song, uh that was Mary. Mary, Mary, <laughs> Mary, Mary. I'd, I'd never heard it, no. but um, my partner looked it up for me tonight, and uh, am I right that it was the monkeys? It was the monkeys that, um, <laughs> that did Mary, Mary, yeah. And I, then, then it was sampled several years later by Run DMC, of all people, the rap group. Oh, really? The rappers, the naughty rappers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's You're... amazing. I'm, I, I, um, I remember... Um, when uh, when I was quite young, yeah. uh, when the monkeys first came on the TV, yeah. <laughs> I really do, and huh? uh, it was such it's a thrill. Story. I think they were on early on a Saturday evening. I think they were, like oh. 5.45 or something, 5, five o'clock yeah. or something like that, yeah. wasn't it? And it was, um, and, you know, it was the height of our week when oh. we when we were teenagers. We'd all be sat ready for the monkeys to come on wow. the TV. Wow! But in black and white, I'm guessing. Um, no, not quite. Oh, did you, did you, did <laughs> I don't a, think so. You might be right, actually. Did, I did, can't you, did you have a colour TV in '67? That you were posh if you did. I can't. I, I you know, I can't remember. No. You're probably right. It probably yeah. was. I think it, <laughs> I think it might have been over here the first time round. Yeah. <laughs> how was how have you coped today, Mary, in this blistering heat? Uh, truthfully, I've stayed indoors. Yeah. I've stayed inside. With just, um, I'm lucky I have a garden. I'm in a flat in Brighton. Yeah. And luckily, I've got. Uh, uh, I'm on the ground floor, so I've got a back garden, and I'm able to just open the uh, the doors. You know, the door to go into the gardens. I just keep the door open, but don't actually go outside. Well, you get a nice little breeze. Nice little breeze yes. coming in. Cools you down a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I bet Brighton. And I just drank lots of water because... Yes, you've got to keep hydrated. Be, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, um, uh, uh, last year, I collapsed because I oh. was... Hydra- I, <laughs> Dehydrated. I was... Dehydrated, yeah. and um, so this year I'm being very careful to drink lots of water. Do you just drink plain water, or do you put a little drop? Of, and, and adults don't drink this, and I think they should. A little drop of squash in there. I'll try that. Little drop of squash. I might get some some squash. I like squash. Just a little drop of squash. Um, orange squash. You have it in for the girls. I like it. I like a little just drop of squash. Weak, very weak. Very very weak. Just adds a little. A touch of voila to the proceedings, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Don't you think? I think so. Well, you stay, you try and stay cool, Mary, and, and stay hydrated, good. and thank you for calling. And just one last thing. Yes? Uh, the whistling, I have to say congratulations to the whistler. Oh. Do you remember Kath whistled? Well, when did you whistle, Kath? What's this all well, about? Well, I was stripping yesterday. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> I was doing the whistling. She I was, was Ian that was whistling, but Kath, wow, that's a fantastic whistle. Yeah, and it wasn't with my mouth either. Oh, Catherine, <laughs> no, don't don't encourage that, please. Please don't encourage that, Mary. I, Here we go. I won't. Anyway, have a good weekend, both of you. All, All right. right, you take care. Bye bye.
Oh, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Your, your whistle is, is pathetic and weak. <laughs> as, uh... It's not, it's lovely. Got... <laughs> well, yours is a milkman's whistle. Going, ooh, ooh, ooh. I can whistle and hum at the same time. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What I'm whistling. For? Hmm? What would you do that for? Because they had, because when I was about six, they had some kids on Blue Peter that could whistle and hum, and they're going, it's very, very difficult. And I went, right, I'm going to learn to do it. <laughs> You're doing an owl impression. <laughs> <laughs> What is weird is that it's a different uh, note that you're doing with each technique. That's that's a matter of opinion and uh, (laughs) opinions as we know. Hey, I had a good phrase there when I went and got my hair cut uh, in Chiswick. Because I was doing something in in Chiswick and I thought, what a fancy haircut. So I just went into a place. There's a really nice woman called Kerry and I took a punt. Because I've not really found sort of my, my, since I moved away from Windsor, I've not really found my hairdresser yet. So I went in, and it was expensive, but I went in. And, it was, and Kerry was nice and she was laughing. She called at one point, um, she was telling me about how she was going to go to Pride with her girlfriend. She's very like me in that she doesn't like big crowds uh-huh. and she doesn't like holidays on the beach. Mm-hmm. This is what we were discussing. And um, why did she call me a winker? She said something. I said something and she said, oh, you winker. I said, oh, right, that's how you deal with right so you do a customer oh, first time customer it was too. funny but she used a great phrase she said um so do you often cheat on your barber i went what well you're cheating on your barber you've never been here before you said you're never going to come back you don't look so you're cheating on your barber do you do that a lot went, oh my god i didn't know that was uh, that right? cheating on your barber i remember when i used to go to a hairdressing salon if my usual hairdresser wasn't there i used to feel very sheepish about going to one of her colleagues because she'd find out yeah it's um it's almost better to go somewhere else it, it's a, it's a tough one it was expensive it was 25 quid this haircut which is expensive normally i pay about 16 quid um well i was in winter i paid 20 quid that might make a difference but i just fancy getting a haircut i think she's done a good job she's done a great job little spruce up does you good little spruce up does you good i enjoyed chatting uh with her gave her a tip as well um i enjoyed i enjoyed it overall it was a thoroughly enjoyable experience even though she called you a winker even though she called me what did i say to her um i was sticking up for as well i said it was discriminatory that um there were two men bosses and she was a woman and she was a lesbian, and she was just the employee. I said, that is discriminatory on two fronts mm. there, um, that this needs to get... And it's pride, 50th Pride. On this holiest of weeks. Holiest of weeks. You are... You, this is not fair. This is... No. This is um, should be, we should be marching on that. This is bigotry, and it's of, of, the, of the worst kind. Two male bosses, though. Are they a couple? One of them was gay. The other one, I, I believe, was not. Mm. 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 Well, that's a funny noise. I don't like drinking those cups. It's hard to get um, liquid out of those cups. Yeah. They're um, not very good cups. Oh, it's cups. Uh, okay, let's um, okay. Let's do some of this. Oh three. What? what um, what, yes. What's the deal with the Rick Waitman? How are we doing that? How are we doing this? That's Amy? half an hour's worth. It's twenty-eight minutes in like thirty seconds or something, and uh, it doesn't have a jingle on the beginning. Don't tell me that, or the listener, because that's boring. I just want to know what I'm doing with the adverts, where I'm stopping to... Don't... <laughs> that's obviously more interesting. 
Well, it's, it's more important, actually. Okay, well, Amy? I haven't got a, jing- I haven't got a jingle on it, our kid. I've not done that bit. Well, you just need to know whether you need to do a talk-up or not. All right, our kid. Racist. All right, our kid. Racist, our kid. Amy, what's the deal? Well, it depends. Oh, Jesus. She's going to give me an answer. If you want to do it. If you want to do it now and come back after, no. or if you want to... If you'd like to go home early, we want to go home early. Why would we want to come back after? We want to go home early. We want to go home early. If you'd like to go home early... Whoa, 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 whoa,
Okay, I like that. That's fun. That was fun. That was fun. And you saw her tonight in Lille. Leon. 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 Okay, sorry, Leon. His name is Leon. And no. you saw the, you saw, um, Lenny Kravitz in Lille. Wonderful uh, Lille in uh, Italia. Italia, Lille. In, in an amphitheater on the top of a hill, which is a very steep hill, and it was blooming hard to get up there. But All right, was, mate. Uh, well, sometimes beautiful. the best shows are the ones where you get a, a hernia going up there. And it's beautiful. <laughs> Did you have tickets, or were you just sitting on a tree? No, no, I bought a ticket. Okay. And it was, um, fantastic. Yeah, and and sometimes, you know, just like, uh, pop music when it's done beautifully by someone who really owns a stage is just, there's nothing better. Nick, um, Nick uh, Nick asks, how did you get home? How did I get home? I walked down the hill. Yeah. And then I walked across the river and I'm in the Airbnb that I'm staying in because I'm here for the World Cup, which is football. So don't worry about that. Okay. So you didn't get home, um, by Jola Taxi? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, no. Okay. okay. I didn't go home by Jello. I was singing Jello Taxi on the way down, but no, I wasn't uh, okay. in a taxi, I'm afraid. Okay. Sorry well, to disappoint everyone. Well, thank you, Leon, uh, for that. I'm glad you had a great time seeing Lenny Kravitz in Lille. And, um, <laughs> yep. Was, yep, thank you very much indeed. Uh, let's take a break. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Good evening, Michael. I I do, mate. Um, you know, I've got a, I have a bit of a story to tell you. I was in, um, you know, cash converters. You know, cash converters, don't you? I, do, I love cash converters. Great. Story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. stuff in there. But okay, all right. There you go. There you go. The, 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 there's a yellow card, right? There's a yellow card. I knew it was coming, so I was ready. You're not allowed to swear. On the show, and it may have been an old effing Pokemon game, um, but even Pokemon deserve respect, even the old ones. So I'm going to let you come back on, but if you do any more swears, I'm going to have to let you go. Do you understand, Michael? Yeah, sound, sound, yeah, okay, okay. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> what makes me think there's going to be another swear very, very no, quickly? There won't be, there won't be. I'll, I'll try me hardest not to, okay? Okay, okay. okay. Um, so, but I, that was part of the story. We got that out of the way. Anyway, so I was looking to buy the product that I wanted to buy. The old Pokemon anyway, game. No, someone came up, came up, someone came up and popped the balloon in my ear. Anyway, I had to leave the building because the balloon, the ringing in my ears from that balloon, like, uh, gave me a severe tinnitus, like my ears were ringing, that's because I was disorientated. Anyway, so I went straight home from that. Anyway, and when I got home, I sat down. Because um, I, I, I need to sit down because they're ringing in my ears. Yeah. And then uh, I sat down. I had a chocolate arrow in my back pocket. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that melted. And I forgot about it because they're ringing in my ears. And um, so while I sat down, I was like, okay. If you missed the end of the story, which hopefully you did, because there was another F-bomb. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate your, your time and your potty mouth. He thinks that cash converted. He sat down. He had an arrow. An arrow. Who eats arrow these days? That's not the strangest thing about that story. He had an arrow in his back pocket, and because it was hot, he'd forgotten it was there, and he sat down, and he got arrow all over his couch and his jeans, and he thinks cash converters should pay for a new couch and new jeans. But not the guy who popped a balloon in his ear. <laughs> In a shop, giving him tinnitus and forcing him to leave. Uh. Th- 
that answer could be you. So why didn't you do your homework, Michael? Well, <laughs> someone popped a balloon in my ear. Let's go home. That is the greatest. I could see that as a movie. Yeah. I could see a movie of that. Yeah. Popped a balloon in his ear. He was just buying an old effing Pokemon game. <laughs> so no one expects a balloon in the ear. And that's it? why I believe the story. Because of the whisper and the old Pokemon game. Those are such wonderful, wonderful details. It has arrow, to be. It has to be a true story. Does it, it has to be. Yeah, it does. With an old Pokemon game from cash converters and an arrow. I don't understand how the balloon happened. A dog owner threw a stick for his pet to fetch. He came back with a sex toy. <laughs> Security guard Greg Pinion, 44, only realised the 8.5-inch plaything was in Steve the English Bull Terrier's chops when they went past a pub uh, walking, excuse me, walking home. He said there was a group of lads having a drink outside. They started laughing and pointing. I had a closer look and realised it wasn't a stick, but a great... You know, sometimes I read these things and I change the words. I'm not changing any of these words. Realised it wasn't a stick, but a great big floppy rubber penis. <laughs> and he wouldn't give it up. I broke into a jog to get home as quickly as possible. They then trotted past mourners, leaving a funeral parlour. No, yeah. Prompting embarrassed apologies from Glenn. <laughs> and he struggled to... The dog is called Steve, right? And he struggled to prise the fake pink phallus from stubborn Steve's mouth back in his front garden in Leeds. <laughs> he said he was giving it the odd chew. I got a couple of poo bags, put them over my hands and tried to pull it from his mouth. I didn't want that thing in my house. <laughs> After a few attempts, he released his grip and dropped it. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, God. Here's the thing, right? It doesn't say it in the story. Here's the thing. There's a picture of Glenn, the gentleman, and the caption by it is, eight and a half inch shock, Glenn. <laughs> uh, I should it, have a picture of Steve with the dog with two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> See there, firm grip, Steve with the toy in his mouth. <laughs> After a few attempts, he released his grip and dropped it. It was so embarrassing. The pretend todger, <laughs> do you got any pretend todgers? which Steve retrieved from bushes by a local field, is just the latest bizarre item found in his mouth. Oh, he's a repeat offender, is he? Glenn, who has a long-term girlfriend, all right, calm down, we believe you, recalled, I had to take him to the vets once because he ate a sieve. Why is it? Why did he have to tell you that he had a girlfriend? Was it the girlfriend's sieve? Because he couldn't possibly own a sieve. He also chewed up an iron, had our skirting boards off, and has eaten bras, socks, and pants. Ah. He's very affectionate. On this occasion, however, we don't want to encourage his loving nature, so have binned the toy. Wow. And I'm being reminded that it wasn't just any old arrow that um, that glass caller had in his pocket. It was a chocolate arrow. <laughs> Not a mint one. He's not a pervert. A chocolate arrow. <laughs> um, Lance, Waterstones Uxbury says, I have a similar story to this dog one, but my mum would kill me if I told I you. I think you just told us it. 
What a world we live in. All right, listen. So we get, we got loads of new listeners, which is great. And, um, honestly, I'm not feeling very well tonight. So, uh, I, you know, I was going to go home just before the show and then Kath and I sucked up our super Avengers assemble type thing. And so we did the show, but I, I, I don't know if it's been a classic, but I'm, I'm, I'm really not feeling great. Uh, so we, but we did what we could, but we, I just said, I, I really don't think I can do the whole show. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play. Like this is one of my, fa- my favourite interviews we've ever done. Rick Wakeman, uh, keyboard player with Yes. Loads of you will know him from Grumpy Old Men. He played the piano. Oh, oh let's just take this call, shall we? Let's just take this call. Hello, caller. You're on the radio. Oh, hello. 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 Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, just heard uh, the guy talking about being in a concert in Rio of Dang Acts of Paradis. Yes. Uh, and well, yeah, only, only to ring in because I just reminded myself last week I was on holiday in Italy. Uh, went to the Olympic Stadium, Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Yeah. Uh, saw a gig there with Muse. Singers, uh, singers, singers who were famous in Italy, maybe not so much outside. Oh, yeah. Laura Pardini. Uh, uh. Okay, uh, and Biagio Antonacci. Anyway, uh, the, the point of it being. Um, yes, you've got 20 seconds. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Uh, well, I got lost and I had to walk home. So, uh, with my sat now, it just managed the boat to get me from yes. where I was about yes. four or five miles through Rome back to my hotel, which yeah. was slightly scary, but a uh, hell of a good night, <laughs> which is all I'm trying to say. Really. Did you not get, did you not get Jola Taxi home? I should have, but you try and get Zola Taxi in Rome on a Saturday night, and it's just not happening. Tell me about it. I'm going to go there. So we, have, we, got, we haven't got time for that. Now the phones go nuts. Now the phones go nuts. So we had Rick Wakeman on. This was ages ago, and some of you will have heard it, but I'm guessing most of you won't have heard it. And so um, it is with it's one of the it's one of the most charming, lovely gentlemen you could ever speak to. And it was a thrill to have him on the show. We'd have him on at a moment's notice. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Mr. Rick Wakeman. Oh, it's such a pleasure to hear your voice. I chatted to you age, years and years ago in another life, Hello. and it's um, uh, it's time for round two. Listen, I tell you the reason why you are on my mind, Rick. I've got two young lads who are seven and five, right? And they love they love music. They love uh, kind of you know the Beatles and the Monkeys and the Zombies. And we're in my car, and my eldest said, "Daddy, what's the longest song that you know?" <laughs> and I went, "Ah, I've got a song on my iPod." that's just under 19 minutes long by a group called Yes, Close to the Edge. Yep. And uh, <laughs> we put it on, and they loved it. Really? They, well, you sound surprised. Close to the Edge is a masterpiece, you know. It really is one of those songs. And my seven- and five-year-old, they're going, how much longer's left? How much? And they were singing it. They were, seasons will pass you, but they were singing it and absolutely oh, loving it. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> it's so good. How did... I, I, I'm, I'm going to jump all over the place, if you don't mind, but what are your memories of Close to the Edge? Because that's how I got into you. I've got a lot of memories of Close to the Edge. We uh, we wanted to do the, the second album. We, start, we, we started talking about it after we did the Fragile album. Yeah. And we decided that we wanted to do one long story mm. uh, as, as a piece, which obviously meant John writing some lyrics that nobody could understand but, <laughs> that, uh, but would work and we wanted it to be a lot in a lot of musical sections yeah and and there was there was a few things that we'd 
you know, that we sort of thought about and talked about. Uh, one was uh, use the old church organ. Yeah. You know, because it was. There's always a thing when you're doing music of how how you can build, and you can you know you can add guitars, and you can add keyboards, you can add all sorts of things. But suddenly there's two things that suddenly will just take you to another stratosphere. Mm. One is one is the church organ, and another one is the choir. You throw those on, and you're in you're in second heaven. So we we decided that certainly there was going to be some church organ uh, to do, and I uh, and I'd worked on a few church organs over the. Yeah, so there was a few that I knew recorded well, so that that was a something that we knew we were going to throw in somewhere. Yeah, we also wanted to have um, I know it sounds daft, some simplicity, which sounds ridiculous for yes, but we wanted to have things where where there were things where there was very little playing and just John's voice. Yeah, and then suddenly it goes completely berserk. Uh, that was the plan. Lots and lots of what we call colour, light and shade. And the the opening bit was interesting because we wanted to uh, create what we lovingly used to call the sparkle tape. Mm. And and there was there was no wonderful boxes or machines back then that you could you could do that with. Uh, you know, you you had to create everything, I and mean, this was all done on sixteen tracks. Yeah, of course. So we went out with uh, Revox tape recorders, and we recorded everything from. Bell, bells to birds. You went out and did it yourselves? Yeah. To oh, birds, to wow. Birds, to, to, to wind noises, yeah. to water, to all sorts of things. And we recorded all this, came back, we put it on a 16-track, and then we mixed it onto, uh, onto a quarter-inch. But then the problem was we had to put it back onto the 16-track. So we formed what was what was you would call these days a loop tape, which is where we joined about... 200 foot of tape together yeah. and ran it off of the machine and we had pencils sticking in holes. In I've the heard legends of, of bands doing this in the 60s and the yeah. 70s. It's actually happened. So it some, you'd be... And it went all, we all had our own pencils to keep the tape and things <laughs> going around. And we did. And the, well, the thing that's ridiculous is, well, it's not ridiculous really, it was that wonderful period of time where musicians were ahead of technology. So yeah. you had to find a way of making it work. Yeah. And it, the whole thing, I think, took us about two weeks to do. Wow. Non-stop of work. When, back in 2002, we decided to play Close to the Edge again, mm. with uh, the equipment I had, they said, oh, can you sort out the sparkle tape? I said, yeah. And I think it took me about eight minutes. <laughs> Do you know which one was the more fun? Oh, God, I've caught the one where you're standing around with pencils, Absolutely of course. Absolutely right. I went, when my boys listen to music, I just, I want them to enjoy it, but every now and then I'm just saying, how does this make you feel, boys? What does this remind you of? And my youngest, the, the first two minutes of Close to the Edge, he said, Daddy, I think this is what magic sounds like. That's oh, a that's a good description, isn't it? I'm speaking to John in the morning, so I must tell him that he'd love it. Oh, I, I, you're, you're touring again, right? Yep. What, oh, yeah. what what do you have to do to be called yes these days? I can never understand it. Obviously, there's some legal thing going on. What what oh, do you have to I do to be I, yes? I don't know. We, we, we make the drifters look logical. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean I, it, it, it's one of those weird things with, yeah. a, with a band. I mean, it happened before with when we formed a Anderson, Bruford, and Wakeman and yeah. Howe. I mean, if you've got a band of, of shall we say, A, B, C, and D, and E, yeah. uh, and then... Uh, a leaves mm. and uh, F comes in. I'm yeah. going to get my letters muddled up here. Okay. Then B leaves and G comes in. Yeah. 
and then C leaves and H. H comes in. Yes. I mean, after after a little while, all of the original letters, shall we say, the people have gone. Yeah. But the band still exists because of the new people that have come in. Yeah. Then the problem often arises, as it did with Anderson, Bruford, Wayman and Howe, which is where four of us, not quite the originals, but part of the classic lineup, got back together again. And there were more of us than there were in the the yes that was continuing, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. And that was confusing for for the fans, because they went, well, hold on a minute. Um, who's who's who? What's, what's going on there? Uh, and it was, uh, and in the end, we did one giant big union tour uh, where we all joined in together, which was hilarious fun. I, I bet that say. was great. Uh, it was very funny. Um, and then, uh, uh, and then it went back to being a fire piece again. Um, um, uh, I wasn't there for that, but uh, Steve and I and Bill had gone. We left, and they went back to a fire piece and went on and did. Uh, all sorts of all sorts of things, which was which was interesting. Mm. And then uh, and then we had a situation, of course, recently when John, myself, and Trevor Rabin, mm. uh, we said, you know, we want to go out and play some yes music, and uh, as, you know, especially you know, some of the stuff that we were heavily involved in, uh, which is exactly what we did. We went out last year toured America, incredibly successful. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, amazed. I mean, I have to be honest with you. The, I was so proud of the band. It was so good. You know, we we added in Lee Pomeroy on bass, who is, I reckon, probably the best bass player in Europe, if not the world, yeah. at the moment. And then also Lou Molino, who's a phenomenal drummer, who's done a lot of work with Trevor Rabin, an amazing amount of stuff. Great player. And the band, it was good. And the fans came out in their droves. And it was fantastic. So, uh, th- so the next the next problem came, of course, because we're now. We're coming back and we're touring England. We're in England where we go to Israel next week. And then we go, come back, we do 12 shows in England, then out to Europe and then to Japan. And then we're back out in America again. Oh, beautiful. Summer, which is, which is great. Yeah. But it, what, the interesting thing is, I mean, I'm very happy. We, we've called ourselves, um, ARW, Anderson Rabin Wakeman, uh, which, uh, uh, well, could, basically because we couldn't come up with anything else. Hang on a minute. I've got a better one. D- War. Well, do you know, we, uh, I, I tell a sort of a silly thing, and when we do a meet and greet, they say, why did you pick on our daddy? I said, well, there's two wonderful uh, acronyms, uh, sorry, of anagrams yeah. of uh, ARW, which is war or raw. Yeah. I said, but we gave it to our management to choose, <laughs> and they're dyslexic. <laughs> and uh, so that's how they go. But it, the interesting thing is that, uh, I mean, it's ARW playing an evening of yes music and uh it didn't seem to worry the uh, the fans because they just came out in their droves yeah a, a lot of the and a lot of them were just saying well as far as we're concerned you're yes anyway but to me yes it yes is the music yeah yeah not particularly who's who's playing it the only thing i will say is for me i've always believed that you you can't actually have yes music without john singing yeah and it's the same i mean i've often said that there's certain bands that if the singer chat, there wouldn't be the band. I mean, can you imagine Led Zeppelin without Robert Plant? Yeah, you're right. And uh, I mean, John's voice is is so distinct and is so you know tied in with the history of the band that Absolutely. yeah, that th- that is the voice of yes. Absolutely. And uh, you know, as I say, these things that like you can't imagine Zeppelin without Robert Plant. Yeah. You can't imagine the Who without Roger Daltrey. You can't imagine the Stones without Mick Jagger. There's certain there's certain. Mate, you just say take the singer away and you're in, you're in trouble. You know. 
I mean, unless the singer passes away, as the sadly in that situation with with Freddie, Freddie Mercury, yeah. and Queen, you know, there's you, you can't take these people away. Um, for a while. Um, I'm teaching my, again, my, go back to my boys, I'm teaching my kids that all music is music, right? And it, it doesn't matter if it's prog, if it's rock, if it's soul, if, it, if it's dance, if you, if it's disco, if you like it, you like it, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm trying to get rid of, trying to get rid of that snobbery. And for a long time, there was a lot of snobbery around that P word, the prog word. Oh, it, I know, it was, it, it was the, it was the, the musical equivalent of porn. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, I, I used to say that people went into a, a record shop. Do you remember the days we had record shops? Oh, I, d- I do. And they said, uh, uh, I'd like uh, 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 some some heavy metal, please. I've just bought this heavy metal band. I'd like, I've got some some great country rock here. And I've got a bit of classical and some nice folk music I've got. And then, and then they'd look around and go, have you got any prog? <laughs> And the guy will put his hand under the counter and he'll come up in a brown paper <laughs> and sort of hand it over. Like, uh, and that's what it was. But do, do you know that the interesting thing is, you see, we're now into generations mm. uh, that don't actually remember the start of, shall we say, rock and roll. So yeah. they can't put a date on anything. Yeah. And so they either like it or they don't like it. Uh, I mean, there's a story that I, 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 I tell occasionally where I was taught a massive lesson about music, and it was uh, year 2001, it was, and I was, I go to South America to play a lot, and I was down in South America, and I walked out my hotel, and this young lad spoke really good English, come up to me, and he had a vinyl copy of my Six Vies of the Henry VIII, mm. and uh, he said, will you sign this, please, Mr. Wave? I said, yeah, of course I will. And I said, how old are you? He said, 16. Beautiful. And I said, uh, what do you like about this old music? And he got really quite angry. He said, what do you mean, old music? I said, well, this is old. I did this in 1972. He said, it may be old to you, but it's new to me. (laughs) He said, never forget that when somebody hears something for the first time, it's new. I heard this for the first time last week and loved it. It's new. Don't ever forget, whenever you play in a concert, there are people in the audience. For them, it is new. And off he went, and I just took about being hit with a sledge yeah. you played and I went back in the hotel and my drummer Tony was at the bar and he said he said you're right he said you look like you just had the biggest shock of your life I said I've just been taught an amazing <laughs> lesson by a 16 year old kid and, and I've never forgotten that but it's true isn't it you know I go to yeah. concerts now and I t- I, the boys are only 7 and 5 but I, I take them to see Brian Wilson and, and the yeah, Monkees and, and uh, um, we're going to see the big you know a version of the Beach Boys and all this stuff and, and you're right these songs I mean your songs 40 years old 45 years old uh, uh, so many oh. bands celebrating their 50th anniversary sort of oh, around about now 50th anniversary next year is it? yeah yeah I suppose so yeah of course and, and yeah that's, I mean, we talk about Close to the Edge. It sounds so fresh, it doesn't sound dated. Well, you listen to a lot. The interesting thing is, one of the great thing about a lot of bands and musicians and that and things today, when you, you listen to it, uh, they have, because we all do, we, we don't do it deliberately, but we all take from different areas and uh, areas and eras that we know and, and, and love. Yeah. You, you can play a lot of music that's around today, and you, you'll be hard-pushed. Mm if you didn't know who the artist was, whether it was 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. 2000s, you know, you'd be really hard pushed to know because there's such a wide expanse of music going on at the moment, which is fantastic. And nobody sticks a date stamp on it anymore. Mm. You know, you, you summed it up right at the beginning. You said you either like it or you don't like yeah. it. 
Yeah, and I think I think a lot. I think we've lost with, with with the end of things like Top of the Pops and and uh, you know vinyl and CD sales sort of becoming a different thing. The way we absorb music is different. I think a lot of that snobbery has gone to a certain extent. You know, in oh, it's disappeared. You're right. It's disappeared altogether. I mean, um, and uh, what is very interesting now is that you've got generation of of uh, especially young people in that now who are discovering vinyl for the first yeah, time yeah. and going, what's this all about? Mm. I mean, uh, as you're probably aware, for the last two years, vinyl has outsold all other formats. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of, of how difficult it is. Uh, want, we wanted vinyl versions of my Piano Portraits album. So we, we, that went in line to be, uh, to be pressed up uh, back, I think it was last may mm. and we got it last week oh it's all booked up i've got a tiny little record label and, and all the vinyl presses are booked up for months you can't get anywhere near and there's one guy in czechoslovakia well the old czechoslovakia czech republic who i just take my hat off to donkeys years ago when emi closed down he bought all their the the, the uh, vinyl pressing stuff oh very smart and everybody laughed at it yeah He's now the richest man in Eastern <laughs> Europe. <laughs> you mentioned the new album, or the album that came out earlier this year, Piano Portraits. Uh, y- you're still making albums, Rick, and I was I was wondering why. Do you do? Because record music doesn't sell as much as it used to. Is it you've just got this overwhelming urge just to keep making things? Well, yeah, well, it's, it's 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 your it's your record, it's your diary, isn't it? Yeah. Really. It's your musical diary, you know, when you depart this mortal coil, it's what you leave. And you still get that thrill. We had Dave Mason on the other week, and he he kind of said, I don't make records anymore because it won't sell, and I'll put all this work into it, and we'll we'll sell a thousand copies. What's the point? But but, but you you still enjoy having that thing, having that thing and people being able to go and get it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm lucky that, I mean, there's there's so few places you can buy, but you can still buy, you know, I mean... uh, I mean, piano portraits. I mean, that'll. I don't know. It's already around about fifty thousand or something in the UK. Wow. You, you can still. You can still sell. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's nothing like it used to be. When I, you know, used to be in the in the, you know, to get in the top ten, you needed to sell a minimum of a quarter of a million or or, or plus. No, Do you no, remember no. when records sold a million copies? A million yeah. copy single. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could you could do an awful lot, but you know, I think. I think that's going to turn round. I think that it's going to come back. I think record stores, not quite as they used to be, they're going to come back because of the of the phenomenal interest in vinyl. Yeah. You know, and, and that, and the people getting interested in the artwork again, and, mm. and reading the notes about what it's all about. You know, and I, I think it's it's going to, I, th- I think it's going to be a make a big resurgence in in returning things to a little bit as they were. Well, there's nothing I, like. I don't agree with with, with Dave that it's not worth it because it is your heritage. Yeah. What you, yeah, you put a lot of the work in, but it's what you leave. Uh, I mean, if you don't record it, uh, what is there for people to discover in years to come? Yeah. Or, or you know, they, they can't you know get into your head. You know, so I don't think it's a. a, a um, even if it's going to, I mean, I've I've made uh, CDs purely on a selfish level because it was music that I knew it, it, it wouldn't sell because it wasn't uh, a job, but it was something that I felt that I very much needed to to record, yeah, and to have it there. You know, I mean, it's 
what's the point of having a diary if you don't write in it? And and our lives are musical diaries for musicians. So you you if you don't if you don't fill in your diary, then there's nothing for people to discover. What a lovely way of looking at it. And and the thing the thing I enjoy, which you get with CDs a bit, but you get more with vinyl. Is there is I can spend literally hours just in a record shop or a record fair flicking through that thing when you stood there and you're flicking through and you're seeing and you mentioned the artwork of course it the the yes albums and your solo albums particularly the ones in the 70s the artwork was integral wasn't it i mean you really went to town on those things well roger dean was uh, he's one of my dearest friends roger he's he's absolutely amazing i mean he he somehow manages to translate the music into the wonderful paintings that he does yeah and I, I, you know, to me, the, I mean, yes, has always had some decent artwork for other stuff, even when Roger hasn't done it. But it's the Roger Dean artwork that people associate with, yes. And it's the only one that really worked mm. for, for me. Um, he did, when I re-recorded King Arthur a couple of years ago and Journey four years ago, um, Rog did the artwork for both of those. And uh, it's just amazing. He's a, he's a clever, but people love all that. They mm. love looking at it and, and reading all the notes with no disrespect to CD. You can't read no. anything on those covers, you know. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen spiders walk across it and be able to read it. You know? <laughs> well, that was the thing you did, you know, in the 80s when I was buying records, there was nothing else. You would put the record on and you would sit there. Yeah. And listen to it, and well, ten minutes in, you'd pick up the cover and you'd start, and you'd, you'd pour over the cover. You wouldn't go off and do stuff. You wouldn't be looking at your phone. You wouldn't be what you, you'd sit and listen yeah. to the record. And you know the other thing as well. I mean, I used to go to record shops and things all the time when I when I lived in in Buckinghamshire. I used to go to Highwick I, I as a record shop in Highwick. I used to go to yeah, quite a, quite a big one. It wasn't an HMV kind of thing, but it was big. I used to go in there, and I'd go in there specifically maybe to buy an album that I wanted to, and I guarantee you, I would come out with that album, but I'd come out probably with two or three yeah, more. Yeah, Because you'd go through and go, oh, wow, I didn't know that was out. Yeah. And then somebody who you didn't know go, well, if you like that, did you know so-and-so's mm. just got... You go, really? And you get talking to people, and then you go back, and it was word of mouth, actually, that sold albums, because you'd find you say, have you heard this album? Yeah. It's fantastic. And and also the other thing as well is that at that time back in the in the late sixties and seventies, um, DJs presenters on the radio had a certain freedom of what they could go in and play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people like Nicky Horn used to go in with a you know stack full of records under his arm for your mothers wouldn't wouldn't like it. Yeah. There was nobody saying to him, right, you've got to play somebody from the A list here, somebody from the B list. Oh, got, don't! Know. I had a, I, I got invited on Radio Four recently to argue with um, with someone like uh, uh, about this. I, I was arguing that we need more personality on radio, and you know, if you're employing people on a music station, then you should trust them to know what mu- you know. You, you, and, and there was a, there was this guy going, well, no, everything is chosen scientifically because we want we want this A song and then we want a song from the sea. No! Go in with a stack of records or CDs and go, right, I feel like playing this, or I heard this last night, and it's brilliant. And you... Yeah. That, that personality. Well, we... I mean, I can remember in... Uh, oh, I'll give you... I'll give you a classic example. Go on. Uh, I... In 1968, I was 19 years old. Yeah. If I... Uh, if, if I can't tell you the exact month, if it... it if it was early 68, then I would have been 18 years old. But a, and I bought the, the, the Shades of Deep Purple album. Yeah. And I went back, uh, where I was living up at home at the time with my mum and dad, because I was about to go to college. And I can remember playing that album and calling 
um, half a dozen mates, and if 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 if, if you came here, Tebbis, I could probably name them actually. <laughs> uh, and then uh, who, I said, you've got to come round and listen to this album. Yeah. And they came around, and we all sat round and listened to the album from start to finish. Wow. And that's what and that's what it, and we used to do things like that all the time. Come on, listen to this. I can remember. I can remember. I'm trying to think who it was now, but a mate of mine said, "Come on, I've just got uh, called to the Crimson King." Oh, beautiful! Uh, great, thank you very much. Shot round and listen, and that's that, that's that's what happened. Yeah, it was an amazingly social thing. Uh, uh, you know, albums. Were, you went to a you went to a party, and you took albums. Mm. And I brought, oh, what you brought? Great, we'll stick it on. It was a huge social thing, you know. Um, you've, you've very successfully, and I'm gonna, I guess it's, it's, it's pretty unique. You made that transition, um, Rick, from, and I'm not gonna say national treasure, cause that <laughs> kind of implies that you, you're gonna die soon, and you're not. But do, <laughs> you know what I mean? You've made that transition from being in, you know, huge, but, it's a, this is a contradiction. Huge but slightly fringy bands. Yeah. To to being in the mainstream by being you know the grumpy old man and, and I've seen you on the one show and I think I've seen you on Watchdog and stuff like that. How yeah. how, how did you how did you do that? How did that happen? Um, by not planning anything. Yeah. I never I never planned anything. It, things happen. You know when uh, I was I, I, there's a, there's a great thing about I mean I. About the word luck, mm. you know, I always love the Arnold. I'll, I'll explain why. I always love the Arnold Palmer thing, when you know the golfer when he was asked in Arnold Palmer was asked in an interview, he just won about his tenth major or something. They said, "Well, you just won your tenth major, Arnold. Uh, uh, don't you think you're, you're you're really lucky with everything in your life?" And Arnold said, "Well, it's, it's amazing." He said, "He said it's, it's very strange. The, the, the harder I practice, the luckier I seem to get." <laughs> And also the other one, which is a great definition, the definition of luck, which is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm. Now, you do have to have certain bits of good fortune along the way. I mean, I was very lucky in, in as much as that uh, a lot of the TV programs that I got invited to go on became hugely popular. I mean, yeah. I was on everything for sort of countdown and through the keyhole to, you know, I, I did seven years of Watchdog hosted live at Jonglers for ITV, all of those kind of things just turned out to be, and grumpy old men, of course, yeah. turned out to be big programs. Mm. Now, that, I could have been on five programs that died on their backside. Yeah. But it was, that, that, was, that was, but on the other hand, you know, if you're ready to go on them and can offer something and have some fun, that works really well. And it's, I didn't plan any of this. I mean, I love doing TV and I love, I'm a great radio nut, I'm a great TV nut. I love, I think they're both fantastic mediums. And it's, uh, and there was, when the opportunity came to, to, to be a part of them, you know, I, I, I jumped at it, but it wasn't, I never sort of sat down with her and said, well, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Apart from doing the music, I think I'll do, I'll, I'll see if I can get into radio. Because I think yeah. the moment you say, I th this is what I want to try and do, I don't think you ever succeed. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the same. I mean, musically, I mean, you know, fortunately I've done, you know, the prog rock stuff. I do the, the, the piano shows. I do the, the stand-up shows, which are half, half piano and half stupid anecdotal silly stand-up stories which i love doing then i do the orchestral shows the big stuff with the orchestras and quite you know I, it's it's uh, it's wonderfully diverse i've you know i had the chance to write some books and things and you know i've just had a, had a word of it every day is different yeah you know? 
You're enjoy you're, you're happy and you're enjoying life. I I love life. Yeah. I mean I I I I know this, this sounds a bit weird. Really. I can't wait to wake up in the morning. It's it's no, great. It's I'm, good. Doing, I'm up at, normally up at half past five most yeah. mornings, and I because I love the mornings, get things done, and every day is is different in its own way. Listen, you've got the album out, Piano Portraits, you've got the, the ARW tour, and we'll, we'll, we'll tweet all the links and stuff like that, that's all through yeah, March. I've got, I've got some Piano Portraits uh, dates as well. On what's, the... your, what's your website, um, that, Rick, and we can uh, send people uh, that R- way? R- rwcc.com. Okay, alright. And um, we, 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 so that, that sounds like the, the year's pretty much full up so far. Yeah, and if we do the ARW... Um, play uh, 50th anniversary of Yes Music next year, that's wow. well, that's next year, got all, uh, <laughs> although I've got one little nice thing that I'm looking for, I did, I did King Arthur at the O2, yeah. uh, which was fantastic, fun with the orchestra and choir, kitchen sink, and I've always had a dream to take it to Tintagel, to King Arthur. Oh, Arthur, wow, yeah. Um, it's always been difficult before, because... Uh, uh, when uh, English Heritage was government run, um, I mean, it would have been easier to have sort of, do, I don't know, to have gone to the moon and played it than it was done that. But English Heritage is a private company now, and uh, I talked to them about it. They came to the O2, loved it. So the, the plan is next July, wow. we're going to take it uh, with orchestra, choir, kitchen sink job to uh Tintagel to the to round just to some Beautiful. big fields by the car and uh I've already spoke to I thought in for a penny so I've got jousting tournaments <laughs> it's going to be absolutely outrageous so that's I love it mixture of all of the 50 year anniversary oh mate listen I love it I'm going to try and find I don't know what it's going to be but I'm going to try and find a show that I, could, that I can bring my boys to that isn't a school night because um, I'm, I'm taking them to everything and I'm saying to them if you don't like what I like that's absolutely fine but you should experience yep. it and you should see it and so far they've, they've enjoyed the ride and I say oh, tell, tell John it, they, they were singing clo- a five and a seven year old in the back of my car singing close to the edge saying this is what I think magic sounds like daddy so well, I'm, I'm going to speak to I speak to John to uh, tomorrow night because he's in California is where he lives yeah. and I'm going to tell him that he that will absolutely knock him out I can Fan- tell you that now fantastic uh, Rick honestly such a thrill to talk to you anytime you want to come on and plug stuff you've, you, you've got an open invitation you're a gentleman and a scholar sir. thank you mate take care bye 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 across the UK online and on DAB talk radio 